This is Monty in the Morning, the show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, man. How the heck are you? It is the Monty Show. Happy Thursday, November 3rd, 2022. Dude, it's November 3rd. Yeah. It, like, that just hit me. Uh, nobody won the Powerball last night. It's $1.5 billion. $1.5 billion. Are we going back up to Wyoming today? Yon to? Yon to? Yon Not to? really, but we probably should. It's $1.5. We could have a lit show tomorrow. $1.5. I said $1.5 billion. Billion. Bro. Bro, like 1.5. Yeah, we should probably go back up there today, unfortunately. $1.5 billion. Yeah, dude. On the Monty Show, presented by the Advocates, UtahAdvocates.com. How the heck are you? Uh, I feel awfully echoey today. Hello. Do you feel echoey today? Not super I feel echoey. like I'm kind of echoey today, but that's fine. Uh, brought to you by the Advocates, UtahAdvocates.com. If you've been in a wreck, if you've been injured, and it's not your fault, if you're like, hey, man, Bro, should I get a lawyer? The answer is yes. Go to utahadvocates.com. Chat with them online. I know sometimes it's awkward when you've been in a situation or you're in the middle of a situation. It feels awkward uh, to talk about it, but do it Do it online. Do it through chat if you like. There's never a consultation fee or a retainer because at the Advocates, they don't charge you until they win your case. You pay them nothing until they win your case, that's why they're the best in the business at the Utah Advocates, utahadvocates.com. $1.5 billion, Jake. Nobody won. Sorry, yeah. boys. Yeah. Sorry, man. Like, uh, there you go. BB says, uh, I'm not a billionaire. No. Well, well, it's casual. Isn't it heartbreaking, though? Because we spent, like, all show yesterday talking about it. Yeah, we did. And and we get to keep talking about it. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that's some rando and like, Connecticut's probably going to win it. Some rando. That's, that's how it goes. Like some rando in, you know, South Dakota. Yeah. You know, is going to go to their local, you know, 7-Eleven and randomly get it. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, Mark Hale says, what? No black shirt? No, it's cold out. So I wore a little, I wore my, I wore my little uh, Callaway golf quarter zip thing. It's nice. I have a black one. I just, they're in. Oh, it's nice. What's wrong with gray? Nothing. We were in Boise last weekend, so I didn't have a chance to do my laundry. Yeah, so now I need fine. to, now I need to do my laundry and yeah. that whole thing, thing and figure out my microphone and hey guys. stuff. I don't know. I, maybe I'll just move right here and that'll be fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's, it's still not, I'm still not a hundo P into the studio. Okay. You know, like we've got to get like the we're, we're, we got to you know upgrade the mic stands a little bit here and yeah you know, this some other this weekend maybe we'll uh, we'll take care of that. Uh, okay, what now? Jesse Harsh says, "Morning, boys. I think we learned last night that farting in Lucas' general direction will result in a flagrant three targeting red card, personal technical <laughs> foul, and ejection." Hey guys, this was a major talking point last night on the Jazz, and I'm curious. I'm curious how many people buy into this. The Jazz lose to the Mavs 103 to 100. Officiating wasn't the problem. The Jazz committed so many stupid fouls, especially in the second half. That was the problem. How much blame 
Jake, do you put on the officials for last night's loss? I mean, I, I think Luca's always going to get calls. So I, how much blame do I place? Yeah, they gave Luca calls. It's at his building. Like, what do you expect? You know what I mean? Like, that's how the league, that's how the league usually works. You know, if you're, if you're at, you know, what will forever in my mind be Staples Center, LeBron's probably going to get some calls, you know? Like, I, I just think that's, that's the nature of the beast. And I think that, you know, I'm not a huge Luca guy myself. I think he's soft. I think that, you know, you can get into his head a little bit. But, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not going to sit here and say that the officials were the reason you lost the game. But, yeah, did Luca get calls? Yeah, absolutely he got calls. So, and, yeah, I agree. The, the Jazz committed some dumb fouls last night, just some unnecessary, unneeded uh, fouls. And I also think when you combine that with the turnover numbers, it's, you know, you wind up losing by one possession. Like, that's how good this team is. You did all that. And still only lost by three points. Like, that's pretty good. I think the biggest takeaway for me last night is size. Like, you're, you're going to have to figure out, Will Hardy's going to have to figure out a more consistent um, pattern of rotations. I think this small ball lineup that he likes to run, and I understand why he likes to run it, but I think this small ball lineup that he likes to run is going to be a problem. I think that when you look at uh, the way that Will Hardy and this Jazz team play, I think that the real question here is, can you continue to start Jordan Clarkson and expect him to perform? He missed several layups in the second half. And if we're really true telling about this game last night, let's be honest, the Jazz should have won this game. This was a game that was in reach. This was a game where if they make two, three layups that they miss, they probably win the game. If they don't commit those two dumb fouls, you know, midway through the fourth quarter, they put them in the penalty, they, they probably win this game. Um, if they draw more more fouls, which is, hey, be aggressive, get to the basket, draw more fouls, you probably win this game because with the game on the line, what did you have? You had the Mavs with a foul to give, right? So you were not in a, in a great situation because you weren't aggressive enough and you weren't going to the basket enough, so you weren't drawing enough fouls. I think that absolutely is a talking point in this game. But I think rotations are starting to become a little more clear now. And I think, Jake, one of the biggest questions is around Jordan Clarkson. Should Jordan Clarkson be starting or should he be a sixth man? Yeah, you know, I, I think that, you know, Jordan Clarkson on this team, I feel like needs to be a starter. But I, I you know, it's frustrating when he misses those easy open looks, you know. And and, and I think that it's, it's easy when you've been a sixth man most of your career to for a team and for, you know, someone like Will Hardy to say, yeah, you know, we're going to put you back in that role and you'll be comfortable and everything will be fine. You know, like I think I, to my opinion is I, I would keep pushing him out there because I, I, I think you, you would. Know, yeah. Like I think it's one game. I think that overall it's been largely successful having him in your starting lineup. And, and I think the thing with Jordan's always been refinement, whether we're talking about not turning it over, whether we're talking about yeah. shot selection. Yeah. So, like, I, I think that process needs to continue. I don't know. I, I, I guess I view it differently. I think, I think you need, I think we need to see more of Colin Sexton. And I think, you know, whether it's, you know, two minutes last night, he played 31 instead of 33. I'd like to see Colin Sexton get a, a, a much larger run. I would like to see him get a far more important look and I think the difference between starters and bench guys if we're being honest there's not a whole lot other than I think you wind up playing three four five more minutes a night and I think that Colin Sexton is showing you as he is growing in strength and confidence in that knee 
I think Colin Sexton is showing you that he's got a lot more to give to this team. And I think he's playing important minutes, and it is true that it matters who finishes, not who starts. But I look at the minutes he's not playing, and I look at some of the Jordan Clarkson turnovers. And on the, I think it's pretty clear that when Jordan's on, he's great. But when he's off, he's way off. And those two layups he missed last night are perfect indicators of that. You're, you're, you're missing easy bunnies, right? And by the way, his defense wasn't exactly stellar last night either. And I think that when you look at what Colin Sexton brings right off the rack, he is a try-hard defensive guy. And I think that's really important. If this is a team that's going to be built on defense and scoring, you you had better be able to defend and score. And last night they couldn't defend and they couldn't score. And it, at times it was frustrating. I also wonder, you know, what did you think of Lori Markinen last night? Now, if you just look at a box score, um, I think you're going to see that that Lori Markinen played 34 minutes and gave you 14 points and was 0 of 4 from 3. Like, I, th- I want to see them run sets to feature him. Mm-hmm. I want to see Lori Markkinen get opportunities, whether it's shooting threes or getting to the basket. His mid-range game is nice. He's a really good free throw shooter with a great stroke. Like I'd like to see them run more sets specifically designed to get him opportunities. Oh, and especially on a smaller team. I mean, when you're when you're running out uh, a, a small lineup, but you have Lori on the floor, like he is. I, I think he's officially listed at seven feet. So I mean, he's a guy that that can be. You know, he can be that guy that can create some awkward matchups for the defense. And I think he's athletic enough at his size to be to be a problem for like a, a five, let's say, or or even a four in some cases. And so, yeah, I mean, I do think they should run some sets for him. I, I think, you know, last night, you know, you going over that stat sheet there like, yeah, clearly he didn't have a great night. Clearly shooting wise, it was not his best performance. And and I guess I just leave this game thinking like there were a lot of ways they could have win the, won this game. Like I found, I felt like you kind of found a way to lose this game. And, and I think that the speed and the transition game was a problem for Dallas, just like we kind of thought it would be. But I also think that Luca is a magician at getting it going, you know, and, and they don't really have an answer for when the other team superstar gets it going. Like there's not a great, answer defensively like Jordan Clarkson while we're talking about him like defensively also last night wasn't great so that's what I'm saying like I think a couple of their guys just didn't have a great night and and I think part of me is like all right well let's not you know let's not react too heavily to one game but at the same time I totally agree like you know Jordan has to get better I think you know Lori you know you need to be more consistent like I would expect like I feel like a fair benchmark for marketing is 20 points a night like I don't think that that's asking too much I think that's well within his game. Like, I, yeah. you know what I yeah. mean? So, like, 14 points on the road, like, I just feel like, yeah, like, hey, maybe if you hadn't gone, didn't I think you said he went 0 for last night from 3. Like, he did 0 for 4, yeah. You know, like, if you don't go 0 for last night, that's probably 20 points right there. So, I don't know. I just think that they, they fell short of what their normal level of performance was. And, yeah, Luca got some calls. And I think Jazz Nation has always been – very willing to say that the officials are against them. And... Offici- if you're blaming officials for losing the game, yeah, I mean, you, you you have other issues. The officials are not why the Jazz lost this game. I thought it was called pretty fair. I think the Jazz have to learn to defend without fouling. I mean, it, and I know that seems rather trivial, if you like, or, or whatever you want to say, but the Jazz have to learn to defend without fouling. It yeah. is that simple. It is critically important. And my feeling is is that this team still has a lot more to give. And again, this this comes with the the caveat that I still maintain that this team is is a fringe playoff team. 
I think this team is a 35-40 win team max. I think that's it. And I, I think that you're going to see changes will come to this roster um, you know, in January. And I, if, if I'm the Jazz, I'm just going to enjoy this run, this great start. And whatever happens in November and December, hey, that's all gravy for us because if you don't win another game, great. If you win every other game, great. Mm-hmm. You know, you, I think you understand that you are simply setting yourself up for the future with this roster. Um, I am a little surprised again that we, we look at rotations and I think rotations are probably the biggest talking point um, coming out of this game and in, in that I think you have to figure out how you're going to use a guy like a Walker Kessler. I think you're going to have to figure out how to get Agbaji minutes because I think Agbaji is a guy that you've got to find out what he is mm-hmm. um, because when you have young athletic guards like that, I think we knew right away what Jared Butler was going to be. He was never, at least he never showed the chops to be a number one or a true big-time performer on this team. But I want to see what Agbaji's got because he is, he's compelling to me. He is very compelling to me. So I expect, I expect a little more out of him. But I think this Jordan Clarkson question about whether he should be starting or not is interesting because he's been such a good six-man for this team, six-man of the year for this team. That yeah. I, I think I understand why they want he wants, they want him to be in the starting lineup. I mean, it makes him money. If nothing else, it raises his trade value. Um, but nights last night, I think you have to limit Jordan Clarkson. When he's struggling the way he struggled last night, when he's missing layups, he's not making the extra pass. You know, like those are all things that have been hallmarks of what's been good with this team this year. And when he's not doing that, I think you have to sit him down. You have to limit him. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I, and I think it's a nice, it's a nice solution for, you know, you know, not making him feel like you're demoting him or something or not making it a negative thing by putting him back on the bench. Like maybe you continue to start him, but yeah, if he's struggling on any given night, yeah, let's give, you know, five, seven extra minutes to Sexton. Let's give, you know, some of these other guys opportunities. Maybe you do run out a a more untraditional look with a Walker-Kessler combination. And I think those are things that Will Hardy has to be willing to do as well. Like, I think, you know, when you're winning and you're off to this fast start and you're you're feeling really good about yourself, like, you, you find this groove and you're like, all right, cool, we got a starting five, we got this nice little bench rotation going, but then inevitably you're going to have that off night like last night. And so that's what I'm saying, and, and this, is, this is part of what I'm curious about with Will Hardy. How does this team bounce back? How does this team rebound from a game where I guarantee you they know they should have won that game. I guarantee you they're well Jake, aware of that. Jake, you got to stop. Uh, Jerry Jones's tongue would like to comment. Oh, okay, cool. What does Jerry Jones's tongue have to say? I know they hey were. I know they replaced Matt Harpering with Holly Rowe in the name of diversity, but she's terrible. Well, he says good morning. By the way. That's fucking interesting, man. Jerry Jones's tongue. You named your your YouTube account Jerry Jones's tongue. Hey, by the way, how much t- how much salt is on your tongue from your breakfast sandwich? That visual still disgusts me. Yeah. Nar. I, no. Nar. No. No. Uh, Jesus Christ destroys Marxism. Says diversity is way overrated. Seriously, wokeness. I love good women workers. Okay. Um, let's move on. BB, uh, good morning to you. Uh, salty drunk. Hello, Mike chase. What's up? Can Johnson says top of the morning, fellas. Great game last night. We had it, but lost the lead like last year. Should we talk about Donnie last night? No, let's not bitter party. Let, one. Bitter. Let, let's bitter. not do that. 
Let, let's not do that. San Diego State Aztec, how the heck are you? Uh, real men hit Callaway, he says. Well, yeah, we do. Well, yeah, we do. Real men hit with Callaway on during the, the okay. Uh, hey guys, good morning. Neville 93 hey says, good to see you yesterday, Neville. Uh, Joshua Blaylock Dixon says, watching the Mavs and Luca is frustrating. I can't stand him. Yeah. And I know I'm probably alone on this. He is one of the most punchable faces in the NBA. Oh, yeah, he's a douche. He, he is one of the most dislikable guys that I think I... Uh, oh, what a loser! In all of sports, he's one of the most unlikable guys. Yeah. The, the only people who like him are Mark Cuban and his mom. <laughs> That's it, I'm serious. Like, I, I don't know anybody... I don't know any normal functioning human being adult that's a fan of Luka Doncic. Agreed. I, I, I don't, seriously. Jeremy Bolton says, good morning. Uh, morning suck. I need a nap. I agree with that. Yeah, join the club. Dude, we went home yesterday and did a bunch of work and did some stuff, had a pitch, all this stuff. And then at about 6 o'clock, Jake's like, all right, done working, going home. All right, cool. See you, dude. Fell asleep on the couch, woke up at 8.30, went upstairs, <laughs> um, got naked, uh, played a little tassel twisting. Tassel and, um, twisting. <laughs> <laughs> what, haven't you ever played helicopter while you're standing in front of a mirror? You know. Uh, anyway, uh, the point is, the point is. Right. Uh, went to bed, fell asleep, didn't wake up until 4 a.m. <clears throat> Love to hear it. And I still feel tired. Uh, whatever the sickness is needs to go away. Uh, Teddy Wayman, what's up? Provo Cougar fan. This happens more often when, when you get dresses with the lights off. So as not to wake up your, the wife, guys don't really care what color your shirts are anyways. Oh, people care. People, people care. Ca I'm a clothes guy. You have to understand I'm a clothes guy. That's right. So dude. I wake up at four. Generally I'm getting dressed by four twenty in the morning. Yeah. I'll take like a quick shower Right about 4.20, I'm getting dressed, and I have a, uh, a double closet door, and I use the light on my iPhone, right? I turn on the my light on my iPhone. iPhone 13 Pro Max. And I put it up on the top shelf of my clothing, like in my closet, I have like a shelving unit. Yeah. Put it on the top shelf of my, my closet shelf, and the light shines down. I can see perfectly fine. The wife snores away. Yeah. And I get dressed, and generally I pick out what I'm going to wear the night before, mm -hmm. and I have a particular shelf that I put my clothes on. So I have like a system in place. Yeah. So I just well, have I, to. I think you need a system when you're up that early. Like yeah. I think in the morning it's tough. Uh, today I have to do laundry today because I, you know, when you're at the end of your laundry cycle. Yeah, and you're you're trying to string it out as long as you can. Like, all right, if yeah. I don't do my laundry today, what do I got tomorrow? You and know? the the bigger issue is like I've lost some weight now, so yeah. like I don't have the clothing selection I once had. Do you even lift? And I all of my pants are too big, so like I have these. Um, I don't know. They're Levi's. They're like these khaki colored Levi's uh -huh. that I love, but they're too big now. So it depends on what car I'm going to drive. Are you a belt guy? Do you like wearing belts? I, ha I don't like wearing a belt, but I yeah. have to wear a belt. Yeah. Because all yeah. my pants are too big. Yeah. So if I'm going to drive the Jeep, which has got a three and a half inch lift on it, I can't wear the khaki colored Levi's. Right. And generally at four in the morning, if I can put on yoga pants and get away with it, if I'm not going to see anybody, I'm going to put on yoga pants. Oh, yeah. Because they're just, they're soft pants. They're comfortable. So today, it was, I'm wearing three layers. I'm wearing a t-shirt, a long sleeve shirt, and then the Callow, Callaway quarters in. Yeah, and that's the other thing, too. When you roll up to the Mav, it is always windy over here. 
Yes. You ever notice that? It's always really yes, windy. Yes, it in is West always Valley. windy in West. It's always yeah. windy in Salt Lake, let's yeah. be honest. So there is some of that too. Did you see we're going to have highs, and I want to say it's like in the, the mid to upper 30s? Let's check the forecast. Here. We are going to have highs in the mid to upper 30s next week. Like, I'm actually going to have to pull out a winter jacket. Yeah, it was supposed um, to snow. No, today, it could, the but... forecast completely changed. Yeah. Whatever. I'm so tired of the forecast changing. Um, <laughs> We were supposed to have a high of 36 on Sunday. Now it's 53. Yeah. Whatever you say, Chief. Anyway, the point is, um, like, my wardrobe now is evolving. I'm not wearing golf shorts and polos anymore. Yeah, you've transitioned. You, you have to transition into the fall, winter. Yeah, and I know. love wearing the sweat. I'm a sweatshirt guy. Oh, my 100%. favorite attire, without without a doubt, is wearing So why didn't you wear the sweatshirt today then? Was it just that it was dirty or like what was the... Yeah, I've, I've worn the Kill Crew sweatshirt like three times. And I'm a black guy. Like I like wearing black clothing. Yeah. My yeah. favorite sweatshirts are all Cubs. They're all blue. Yeah. So I'm not going to wear that. But I like my Kill Crew sweatshirts. They're black, but I've worn through them now. You know, it yeah. is what it is. Uh, Monty, it's... No, I'm... I, no Nut November. So I can't have any Jesse, walnuts. don't... don't don't talk to me. Or peanuts. Dude, you're a student. Don't talk to me about No Nut November. Or don't, macadamia don't, nuts. Don't talk to me about that. Oh, bloody clean, metallical, and thorough. Does Come this on, mean I can't have nut butter in the morning? Um, no, you can. But he said it's No Nut November, so right, no macadamias. It's, it's a different reference than... No you know, almonds. Yeah, yeah right. No right. pecans. Right, pecans. I don't know what you mean. Like, what you, you know. Uh, you know, it is what it is. Uh... <laughs> He is one of the more punchable faces in the NBA. You're so right, Mike says. Thank yeah. you. You're welcome. Yeah, guy's a douche. You're welcome. Uh, Jesse Harsh says, can we just bitterly hate on Donnie as a fan base without Monty rubbing the salt in? No, because he was spectacular again last night. Incredible. Incredible. Am I like, the only one watching Donovan Mitchell and saying to myself, man, if he was on the Jazz, they'd win a championship today? <laughs> No, I've never said that. Uh, <laughs> Donovan Mitchell last night in the 114-113 win by the, the Cavs over the Celtics in overtime, 44 minutes, 25 points, two blocks, a steal, six dimes, four boards, three of nine from three. How about that? His making the extra pass. Yeah. I don't know where this came from. By the way, by the way, I would also remind you, his defense is far better than it's ever been. Yeah, and people I've, are noticing. I've never seen him defend this way. Yeah, it feels like the national media is finally picking up on that. You were right. Does it feel good? Yeah. Like like you you said he was going to do this. No, not November. My point is... <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just telling you right now, I still don't understand why they traded him. Yeah. And if anybody wants to make me aware of why this team traded Donovan Mitchell, I'd love to see it. I'd love to see it. Uh, Mr. E says Donovan is, an, is on an MVP season. He is. Teddy Wayman says, I feel like we found a way to lose last night. That's yeah, I think correct. you made too many mistakes. That's correct. And again, I go back. I think this is that Will Hardy game that's going to happen once every couple of weeks where he should have changed his rotation in the second half and he didn't. Mm-hmm. And I think that came back to get him last night. Yeah, and, I, and but, I think, you know, last night, like, the size thing, I think, is a is a bigger issue than rotationally speaking. I think, obviously, you can help it with rotations, and you can get creative as a head coach. But I, I, I like, last night, thinking about Walker Kessler, you know, being in this game more. Like, what would it have looked like if Walker Kessler gets, you know, 
some ridiculous amount of minutes. Let's say 35 minutes or some crazy number. Like, But against I, two, though, because... That's the problem. Christian Wood went off last night. Yeah, Christian Wood had a great game last night. And that's, he did. And that's the thing. So it's like, I feel like we were texting about this game last night, and the two things that I really feel like this team needs right now are they need more leadership on the floor. Like, there's no way around it. Like, this this whole concept of Mike Conley is this great leader and, like, I would you know, agree. he's mentoring. Like, where was that leadership last night? Because the game gets hot, right? Like, Luka gets going in the second half. The Mavs get the momentum at home. And it felt like you were a little lost out there as a team. It felt like there were a lot of times where you didn't have that maturity on the floor. So so that's number one. But number two, I feel like you need a Christian Wood-esque guy. And that guy for them right now is Vanderbilt. And I thought he played well, you know, generally speaking, last night. But I don't know. I They just they, they need – that's what I feel like we're building to at the deadline so far early on in the season. I'm just telling you now what this team needed last night was that that wing player – that two three combo guy that would dominate because if you had an alpha male offensively you win this game yeah right that you don't need the deep this team's defense is great i mean and again luca's always going to get his you you i think we even talked about it on the show last night luca was going to score 30 that's just what it was right yes and you know my guy last night yesterday going into this game rather i was worried about was tim hardaway jr well tim hardaway jr turned into christian wood but you're fine. You lose 103-100. It's not like you gave up 120. We told you to get on the under on this game. And it absolutely played out. I think the number was 221. Like, their defense is fine. They need a killer offensively. And I don't think they have that. And I think that's why a lot of us sit here and wonder, why did you trade Donovan Mitchell? Like, that's the guy that you need here. Thanks. And they're going to have to go out and find that guy. Yeah. I don't know who that is. Yeah. I don't know... And we'll see, there's a lot of guys shaking out. There's a lot of people that are going to be available at the trade deadline, and I don't know who that is, frankly. But if you add that 2-3 combo guy that's an absolute alpha, I think you're in really good shape. That That's what this team needs, and mm-hmm. I think if they'd have had that last night, they'd win this game. Uh, almost, almost certainly, they would have won this game. If Jordan Clarkson doesn't miss those layups, they win this game. If they don't turn the ball over, they win this game. Like, yeah. This was just that game that a, a, a rebuilding team kind of gave away, you know what? And it's frustrating, and you wake up this morning, and you're like, why do I hate my job so much? Well, it's because you didn't go to TridayTrading.com slash Monty. That was incredible. Who presents all of our jazz talk and NBA talk right here on the Monty Show. TridayTrading.com slash Monty. I'm just asking you to go watch a free webinar. That's right. It's 100% free. If you're tired of working the grind, if you're tired of looking for that side hustle, I'm telling you right now, get off the hamster wheel of side hustles. Get off that grind of my boss is a dick. I hate my job. I don't want to go to work. Why am I leaving? You know, hey, if you want to drop your kids off at school, if you want to work for yourself and set your own schedule, you should be doing that. Stop waiting. Stop wondering and start doing it. Trydaytrading.com. Slash Monty. Day trading is absolutely an avenue for you to reach financial independence. And the best part about the guys that try day trading is they're going to teach you how to be a prolific day trader. Nobody is working side hustles and grinding your face off every day to provide for your family to make minimum wage. We are all in this game of life to be gazillionaires and live that baller lifestyle we've all dreamed of. Get going on that today at try day trading. 
Com because what they're going to do with you at Triday Trading is, one, you're going to watch a free webinar. TridayTrading.com slash Monty. Watch the free webinar. There's no obligation, no strings attached. Go watch the webinar and then make a decision. And I think what you're going to see when you listen to the people talk about Triday Trading, you listen to the people who've gone through their program, who learned from no knowledge of the stock market or being a day trader. They learned how to day trade. They were coached. They're mentored. They traded with Triday Trading's money. That's right. Your first trades are with TridayTrading.com's money. Thanks. And if you make money with their money, they split the profit with you 50-50. That's a heck of a deal. You don't risk your own money. You risk their money at TridayTrading.com. And let me tell you from my personal experience, being independent, working for yourself, running your own business, running your own life, not worrying about your schedule because your boss expects you there at eight o'clock with coffee and donuts. Be your own boss. Work for yourself. Give yourself that vacation. Give yourself that new house. It all starts at tridaytrading.com slash Monty. Make sure you tell them you heard about it on the Monty Show. Let's see what uh, you guys are talking about. Jesus Christ destroys Marxism, says my brother's hamster actually died two weeks ago. Okay, cool. Well, I mean, thanks for your contribution. I, thoughts and prayers. You, 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 yeah. You know, thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers. Uh, Kurt Myers wants to know who won the lotto. Yeah, nobody. Absolutely nobody won the lotto. It's up to $1.5 Do you guys want us to give away more tickets tomorrow? If, if we go and get more tickets, will you come by? Because it definitely, with all due respect, right? It is a drive. It is extra. It yeah. is out of the way. But we're happy to go and do it if you guys want them. And we're happy to buy the tickets and give them to you for free. We yeah. are happy to do it. Travis uh, says, "Big Dad, okay, Big Daddy Bedrock." <laughs> okay, so what? What? What was his name the other day? Big Daddy Magic. Yeah, Big Daddy Magic. Travis rolled in here the other day and said, "Well, uh, you know, six women at the Jazz game named me Big Daddy Magic, so okay. I guess that's what we're going." So that's with. how it's going to be. And then that turned into something else, which turned into Big Daddy Bedrock. Now, it's in Skippy. What is that even, Travis? Can you help me understand what Big Daddy Bedrock Come on, means? Come on, man. Come on, man. Jerem Patterson says, as a GM, it's a risk to keep him. Donovan is an amazing player, but as you say, Monty, championships are bust. In my opinion, we would have never won a chip with Donovan. As a great team risk, Donovan leaving in a free agency. Well, it would have been three more years. Yeah. You had full control over him for three more years. He had just started an extension. And I don't think you can put a... I, I don't think you can measure the impact of trading Rudy and how that would have positively affected Donovan Mitchell. Because that extra pass you talk about is only possible because the defense has to respect him so much. And what did Darius Garland say about Donovan Mitchell? He's the leader we've been missing in Cleveland. They're talking about his leadership. They're talking about his mentorship of younger players. They're talking about that extra pass. Like, I, I don't know. I, I, I'll i always be a Donovan guy. Yeah. I just, his game, the way he plays, the work, the motor, the work ethic. I never have to wonder what Donovan Mitchell's doing over the summer because I know. Yeah. He's working. He's growing. His mid-range game, he's average. He, I'm, the guy's an MVP and I think it's It is what it is. Really quick on that. The mid-range game, I like last night watching a good portion of that game uh, with Donnie, like I felt like, and I and I feel like his mid-range game right now is so much better, but I feel like there's a little bit of work it needs. Like you, there's like DeMar DeRozan, when he shoots it from the elbow, you're like, yeah, that's in. You know yes. that's in. 
for Donovan, I still feel like there's a lot of a lot of touch and a lot of feel that he's trying to 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 gather and sort of add to his game at game speed. Like I think he's mu- he knows how to get to the spot now. Now he's working on being that savage where it's like, yeah, at a you know uh, a 55 60% clip i'm going to make that elbow shot you know and and i feel like once that happens for him this season cuz it will happen for him once that happens that's going to totally transform what the cavs are able to do because you're already seeing how much of a problem they are you know to defend because of donovan mitchell's willingness to make the extra pass and so it's like all right once you're able to knock down that elbow jumper and you're making the extra pass, I mean you're 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 good to go. Like there's no defending that. Yeah, I think pretty clearly. Anyway, I think the Jazz are fine. I'm not saying that the Jazz are losing because Don's not here. Yeah, I just still hate that. Tra- I hate that trade and the bogey trade. The net on the Don trade is unquestioned. Like it was, the trade absolutely makes sense. It was a good trade. Yeah, there's just no doubt about that. I think it is without question. It's one of those things where you don't hate the trade because of what you got in return. I love the trade. I hate that Donovan got traded. I I, I maintain that you don't trade guys like that. You know, like it is so difficult. Um, you know that when we talk Utah Jazz basketball here on the Monty Show, presented by the Advocates, UtahAdvocates.com. I just feel like I miss him, honestly. As so, and as a casual jazz fan, yeah. because you can't watch this team and not be a fan on a nightly basis. Yeah, as a casual fan of the Jazz, like I miss Donovan Mitchell. I don't miss Rudy Gobert. I don't miss Royce. I miss seeing Donovan in the drip, the swag, the way he plays the game, the intensity he plays with. Watching what he's doing for the Cavs, I, I freely admit I miss the guy. And it's not a thing where I think it, again, I'm not ripping Danny Ainge because I think Danny's done a good job. I understand why they made the trade. I I miss Donovan Mitchell. That's really what it comes down to. And watching how he's transformed his game over the summer, watching his ability now, he's, he's clearly in better shape. He's talking about how now he wants to dunk everything. That whole narrative last year, they floated around about how he couldn't dunk anymore and nonsense. Nonsense. I just, I miss the guy's game. Yeah. I do. I miss the game. And, and, you know, when we talk jazz, it's, it's different not talking about, not talking about Don. That's all it comes ha, down are to. Are you used to seeing him in a Cleveland uniform yet? No, it's still incredibly awkward. And it's awkward seeing Cavs fans in Donovan Mitchell Cavalier jerseys. Yeah. It's still yeah. awkward for me. Uh, Teddy says, I will always like Spida. Still pissed we traded him and didn't, uh, and don't get me started on the bogey trade. That bogey yeah. trade was terrible. Yep. Terrible. Yep. Royce agrees. Royce too says bogey trade was the worst. I am falling in love with Lori as a diehard Jazz fan. There's what's not to like about Lori marketing. <laughs> I still, like I said, not to be redundant. If you're just tuning in, I wish they'd run more sets for him. I wish that they would run more sets for Lori marketing. Last night, when when you're in a tight game like that, you have to have a go-to set of plays. You got to have six, eight sets where, hey, I'm going to put Laurie in this spot because this is his favorite spot on the floor. He's comfortable shooting here. Let me give him the ball in this position to get him that shot. Yep. I want to see that. And I know that that the NBA is going away from set offenses now where, hey, we're just going to run half court, which means give the ball to Luka and run pick and roll with Luka Doncic. Okay, I totally get that. I think when you're in a position like the Jazz are in and you're a younger team that's rebuilding and guys are coming together and you have these veteran guys mixed with these young guys, 
Run plays for Lori Markkinen. Run plays for Colin Sexton. Run plays. Like last night, the one thing I missed last night was Jordan Clarkson had a wide open Mike Conley in the corner. Didn't make the extra pass. Bricked a, bricked a fall away too. Yeah. Make the extra pass. Yeah. Like that's what I'm missing in this offense right now. And I think sometimes we get it. Most times we don't. And when Jordan makes that extra pass, that he's absolutely lethal. But it's not happening enough. Yeah, that's the thing that stands out to me. I want to see it happen more, but by no means do am, am I feeling like last night was terrible. By uh, no stretch. Caleb said, "Look like we had control of the game." Luca it, iso ball is phenomenal. It's impossible to stop, and that's why I think you have to to game plan for Luca's going to get thirty. Now, what are we going to do with the rest of those guys? Yeah, and the truth is, if we're being really honest, they had a fifteen point lead in this game. Like, with just another game where you gave away. A big double-digit lead. Well, and I don't even... It's not that I mind that they... I, I don't. Obviously, I don't like blowing 15-point leads. Yeah. You knew that was going to happen. You're in Dallas. That's been a terrible place. That's been a graveyard for this club. You know how difficult it is to win there. You know how good Luka Doncic is there. Like, I don't mind that they blew the lead. That's right. not why they lost the game. Yeah. Right? They lost the game because they didn't execute down the stretch. And they don't have a killer offensively. And... I think this is why we talked about it yesterday with Laurie Markkinen. He's a number two. If Laurie Markkinen's your number one, you're not winning a championship. If he's your two or three, you're fine. Yeah, You're Fast. fine. That's why he's not in Cleveland anymore. Who's Cleveland's number one? Without question, it's Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. Who is Chicago's number one? Without question, it's DeMar DeRozan. Both those teams traded away Laurie Markkinen because he's not an alpha. He's a two or a three. And there's nothing wrong with saying that. Everybody plays a role on a roster. Laurie Markkinen's a two or a three. You don't have a number one on this team. And I think we all know that. I think we all embrace that. Doesn't mean you can't win games, but it means you're going to be a, a, a 500 or sub 500 basketball team this year. Yep. That's that's just what it is. And I, I don't have a problem with that. I really don't have a problem with that. Oh, Jake, the bots are in the Damn. chat. Damn. We didn't, even, bots, we didn't even get to anything. The bots are in the chat. <laughs> Unfortunately, the bots are in the chat. And I mean, we yeah, we didn't even get to anything bot related. Like trying to understand why there's bots in the chat today. Yeah, I I don't know. Like it, you know. Well, I mean, Jesse Harsh did bring up no nut November, so like you know maybe yeah, that's Jesse. What, it was. what are you doing? Yeah, maybe that's what, what are it you was. doing, Jesse? Yeah, maybe no. he's maybe Jesse Harsh is a bot. <clears throat> Maybe. Could be. Who Could knows? Be. Who knows? All right, a couple more of your comments here. Football at 50 in 10 minutes. We have details on the Tommy and Jizzy prenup. <laughs> <laughs> what? Is that funny? It is funny. You know. Uh, Salty Drunk says, Jake, your bots are here. Jesse Harsh says, Alex Caruso. Uh-huh. Um, Caleb says, would be nice uh, to have Walker Kessler. He could... Have contained Christian Wood off the bench better. I think he only played four minutes last night. You know, uh, Tanner says, "Wow, man, I've never seen you wearing non-black." Wow, See, is it that you, big of a deal? Is, yeah, it's a big deal. I'm telling you, people care. Is it that big of a people deal? People care, okay. dude. I appreciate that. Uh, Jeremy Bolton, good morning, friend. He says, "Who's Chicago's fifteenth man?" Without question, it's Caruso. Could be. <laughs> Could be. Salty drunk, right on brand. Says, "What's up, super?" Blake Lennox says, as Lil Wayne says, Luca a B. Yeah. Could be. Exactly right, Monty. We need a number one and a one B to go along with the crew we have. Yeah, and I think if you added, if you added a true alpha male, number one wing player, a two-three guy. Hey, come on. 
I mean, you, you're good to go. I love that drop. Yesterday <laughs> or the day before yesterday on Monday, that drop was stuck in my hey, head. Cool. I don't remember where we were. We were going to get the tickets. We were going to get the hey, tickets. Cool. That's right. And yeah. it was John Wall. That's John Wall at Clippers Media Day saying, hey, Claw. Hey, Claw. Notice he doesn't say Claw. It's like that Texas Western, Southern hey, Claw. Hey, Claw. Hey, Claw. Hey, Claw. Which hey, is claw. amazing. Absolutely amazing. I love that drop is one of my favorite drops. Uh, Royce two says, do you guys think jazz keep Lori beyond this year? I do. I do. I actually think he could be a building block for you. Yeah. And by all accounts, he loves being here. He loves being here. So, uh, Teddy Wayman says, Luca complains so much. Yeah. I can't stand him. Cannot stand. Yeah. Him. He's a douche. Josh Lovren says, uh, THT was a minus 10 last night in 14 minutes. He was, he's not a great defender. I wish they would give him the ball more. Caleb Harrison says Bradley Beal. Well, we've only said that about a thousand times. Yeah. Uh, Aztec says Monty said I'm a black man, and the bots absolutely had to come out. Did I say I'm a black you did, man? Yeah. You said no. You said you're a black guy. Okay. And then you were like, I really like. Oh, black talking shirts. about color. Yeah. Yeah, I like black. Yeah. I like black yeah. clothing. I'm a black guy in clothing, no yeah. doubt about it. Uh, Jesus Christ says Phoenix got destroyed in Dallas in the playoffs last year too. Seriously, and in Phoenix by 33 points, we're down by 50 at the half. They were down 50 at the half. Yeah. Dallas is good. I don't think anybody they're not championship good. And that's what I mean, like they're I mean, good at they're they're obviously a playoff team, but like that's what I'm saying, the Jazz can be a playoff team. It's going to take more though than, you know, hustle and hard work to beat these good teams, and that's what I've been trying to get get at here, like this team can beat good teams, but they're going to have to execute the little things. That's what it comes down to in the NBA. And I think we're seeing the the haves and the have-nots. You look at the teams at the top of the conference, and really, if you look at the teams at the bottom of the conference, yeah, they don't have alphas. You know, they don't have, I mean, I look at what's going on, like with the Lakers last night, Matt Ryan, an Uber driver, an Uber Eats driver, <laughs> a year ago, he was driving Uber Eats, hits a corner three last night to send the game to overtime Lakers win it no T like Is this the dagger? like the best teams in this league have alpha alphas yeah. I mean you, you it, it's not a secret that the teams that struggle don't have number one go-to guys every every championship can contender and if we just look at the the standings yeah and you look at the Western Conference. The Phoenix Suns are the number one team in the West at six and one. They have Devin Booker. You look at Portland five and two. They well, they had Damian Lillard. Now he's hurt. Um, the Jazz are six and three in third spot. They don't have an alpha. Memphis has John Morant. San Antonio doesn't have an alpha. Denver doesn't have an alpha. Um, but Denver's got Jokic. Yeah, but is he an alpha? Yeah, I'd say he's an alpha. No, yeah. he's an MVP. Well, you might be an MVP, but that doesn't mean you can give him the ball and say, go win me the game. Oh, I think you could. You really don't think so? No, I think he's soft. I think he can be had. Wow. I think he can. Okay. And I think that's why they haven't contended for a championship yet. Yeah. I mean, I, I think Jamal Murray's an alpha. Yeah. Who who do you want to take the game-winning shot, Jokic or Murray? Um, Pre-injury Murray, but I'd say yeah. Jokic now. Yeah. Like, I think, you know, the, the injury is the tough part. New Orleans, OKC, no alpha. Dallas is four and three. They obviously they have Luca. Uh, like Minnesota, four and four. Do they have an alpha on that team? Um, mm. I don't think you can say they do. Yeah. I want it to be Anthony Edwards, but I there was a real quick. There was an interesting moment at the presser the other night with Anthony Edwards where he's looking at their roster, 
and the question related to Rudy, and you could see some hesitation out of Anthony Edwards and like some, I'm not going to say disdain, but like some annoyance with the question around Rudy and the starting five and figuring that out. And, and I'm just really curious. I'm telling you as a jazz fan, it's something you have to pay attention to pay attention to what happens to Rudy Gobert in Minnesota. It, there's something he, I don't think that they can keep running out this starting five with both of them on the floor and and get to a an NBA Finals. I just don't see it. I don't either. I think that's an odd mix, and I still maintain that the Cat Rudy thing is not going to work. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't know how you fix that. And I because I'm telling you now, Carl Anthony Towns not an alpha. Anthony Edwards is an alpha, but he's not there yet. Yeah, I I, th- I think he's an alpha in the making. Like he's he's becoming that guy, but he's not there yet. Do the yeah. Lakers have an alpha? Yeah, it's LeBron. Yeah, LeBron's an alpha for sure. Is he? I haven't seen it this year. I want to see that. And granted, he's been okay, what's deathly an, what's ill. What's an alpha then? What's an alpha? A guy that I can give the ball to and say, go win me the game. Okay. Well, in that case, I mean, yeah, I mean, maybe they don't. I don't know. LeBron's been dealing with the sickness and yeah, he's some been, stuff. Yeah, like he's, I, he's supposedly lost like eight pounds yeah. to this illness he's had the last week. But I don't know. And, and I just don't think there are many guys. I mean, how many Durants are there? How many Donovan Mitchells are there? How well, many? Yeah. I mean, uh, there, there's not, and that and that's what is, separates is, the is Giannis. Is Giannis that guy? Can yes. you say, "Here's the ball, go win me the game"? Yeah, they, they will. Yeah, I mean, I think there are a lot of times where they give it to Chris Middleton, but he hasn't been able to stay healthy. And no, I don't he's think, been hurt a lot, and I don't think by any stretch of the imagination he's an alpha. I just think he's a really skilled mid-range player. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, let's see. Uh, Josh Levern says alpha clutch and pressure moments. I would agree. Cat already apologized to Rudy. That's yeah, so awkward, but it's so awkward, but you, man. But you notice like we're less than what are, are they even 10 games in on their schedule and you're already apologizing? No. Like, come on. They're not. Minnesota has played eight games. Yeah. They're four and four. Like, come on guy. They've played eight games. You see what I mean though? Like this, this is the issue with Rudy Gobert. Like yeah. he, he gets paid a ton of money and he's not that guy. He's not that guy. Yeah. And, and I know that that upsets people. I totally get it. I just, I don't know. I think that, I think the Rudy trade, the all the trades that Danny's made with the exception of the the Bogdanovich trade were stellar moves. Yeah. But now you're, you're just getting started here. Uh, Jesse Harsh says LeBron is done winning rings. He's just chasing Kareem's record now. I don't necessarily disagree with that. I mean, that could be. Uh, Caleb says very early to be talking about playoffs, but that's just how I feel about this jazz team. Now, until they show me otherwise, they need to start winning games by larger margins against good teams. Yeah. I think a lot of people are in that same spot. They handled Memphis. I mean, you can't, there's no way around that. You handled Memphis. I mean, in that first game, that first game you, and I know jaw didn't play like I understand, but still they can only play who's in front of them. You beat the hell out of that team. So so I'm saying, like, I, I, I don't think that last night's game against Dallas reflects this team's top-end ability. Like, I, I think that last night was, yep, some Will Hardy shortcomings, some, like, what rotationally, you know, a couple of plays here and there, you know, could have won, won him the game just from, from that, like, just from coaching. And I think, rotationally speaking, yeah, he didn't do much to help himself. And I think he's also learning on the fly. Yeah, I agree. I agree. A couple more before football at 50. Hey, don't forget, coming up in about 12 minutes, we'll talk about the Big 12 and Gonzaga. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you guys, first of all, is it Gonzaga or Gonzaga? I think Gonzaga. It's, it's Gonzaga. 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 
I agree. Gonzaga. Uh, yeah, they'll uh, supposedly they're talking to the Big 12 and the Pac-12. It has been confirmed and not denied uh, that Gonzaga, Gonzaga met with uh, the Big 12 in Dallas last week. They've also supposedly Gonzaga, Gonzaga talked with the Big East, the Pac-12, and now the Big 12. So we'll talk about that coming up at 7 o'clock. Uh Brandon Whiteside says tanking has commenced. No, it has not. No, it is not. Uh, Tanner says, Mont, did you, do you still think that Rudy is the best big man in jazz history? I do. Um, Josh Lovern, don't, Don hasn't shown Alpha Spida in the postseason. I mean, Bogey was the guy to shoot the buzzer beater. Well, I think that's, that's the play that was choice. drawn up. Yeah, like, come on. Yeah, I don't agree with that. True, can't expect every game to be perfect. I would agree with that. Uh, Jesse Harsh says, who's hated more in Utah, Westbrook or Chris Paul? Westbrook, Westbrook by far. by far. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, by far. Yeah. Uh, Josh Lovren says, do we say Zags or Zogs? Okay, really? Yeah, I don't. Gonzaga. It's the Zogs. Gonzaga. It's the Gonzaga. Zogs. Gonzaga. Yeah, that's the funny thing. It's Zags, but it's Gonzaga. Gonzaga. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about it. At ESPN, I'll tell you a quick story. At ESPN, I was corrected when i said Gen gonzaga it is absolutely gonzaga mm -hmm. so you know tag loa tag your mama it's tongue of iloa yeah that's i mean it just is what it is it's udoka it just is what it is uh i mr e says i would pick okor over gobert in my opinion i'm not debating who the best big yeah man we're not doing is. that this is not tanner's show it's not it, it isn't, and you know what? We, we talk about things like the jazz. We talk about things like your mom and Giselle's ironclad prenup on football, 50, 10 of the hour, every hour. Brought to you by our good friends at Papa Murphy's Pizza. We bring you football at 50. Make sure you use the promo code MONTY25 to get 25% off your purchase of $25 or more. Appreciate our guy, Raphael, talking with Raphael Podcast. On the new skin radio network. Sending us his uh, order last night uh, via Twitter. You rock. Raphael, appreciate that. Um, by the way, you do that. Maybe when we get new merch, you might get free new merch. Yeah. Who knows? You order that uh, Papa Murphy's pizza, make sure you hit us up and tell us you did so. Uh, we have new details on Tommy and Giselle's DeVos. There was Iron an ironclad iron prenup. Yeah. Um, it is believed that Tom Brady will keep the $17 million mansion currently under construction on Billionaire Bunker, which is on Indian Creek Island in <laughs> Miami. They bought the property together in 2020. Yeah. Um, the Post reported ahead of the divorce at the Brazilian bombshell known as Jizzy. Bought a home in Miami. Are you guys ready for this? Here's here's what's in the divorce settlement. She bought a home in Miami for $1.25 million. Okay. We were all kind of saying for Giselle Bunchton, it's kind of a shack. It's three bedrooms, three bathrooms. Yeah. Yeah, that's because she's going to use it as an office. Oh. $1.25 million office. Because, um, see, she's been splitting time between their condo in Manhattan overlooking um, Central Park. Um, and she also has their home on Nicoya Peninsula in Costa Rica, where she vacations with the kids. Um, and she's also bought another home in Miami Beach. Yeah. They have seven homes together that apparently they have divvied up in the divorce.
Uh, sources say they will share joint custody of their 12 and 9 year old. Tom Brady is estimated to be worth. Just throw out a guess. What do you think Tom Brady's net worth is? It's got to be over a billion, dude. No, get the. He's a football player, man. Yeah, but all the money, all the endorsements, all like, the mouth kissing. All, yeah, dude, come on. Three hundred thirty-three million dollars is estimated That's to it? be Tommy's net worth in Boston. Uh, Jizzy is worth four hundred million dollars as the world's highest-paid model. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I, that number seems low to me for Tom. I, I don't know. Really? I, yeah, I felt like it's I felt just like, a quarterback. They don't make that yeah, much money. But LeBron's just an NBA player. Like, yeah, but the brand and the money in the NBA is far more. He's the greatest quarterback of all time. Like, I mean, there's guys in the NBA making fifty million milli per season. Tom Brady's lucky to make twenty. Yeah, per season. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that pays. I don't know. It just felt low to me. I don't know. I mean, you don't get paid as much for brain damage as you do for getting dunks. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's true. 100%. You don't make nearly as much money in the the NFL as you do in the NBA, but Tommy's worth $300 million. Yeah. So are you a prenup guy? Come on. Where are we at on prenups? I think it's situation to situation. It drives me crazy when women are like, oh, you don't really love me then. Well. No, things change. Stuff happens. So I, if you have anything of value, if you're bringing a home into the relationship, you got to have a prenup. Yeah. If you own a home and you go and shack up with somebody and get married, you got to have a prenup. I think if you're not getting married and you're just going to live together, you got to have a prenup. You have to have an agreement that says, hey, if we break up, you ain't getting a penny out of this house. Yeah. Period. That's what it is. Um, whether you're a man or a woman, you, if you own the home and your your other moves in, you got to have an agreement that says, hey, if you move in here, you're not taking it if we break up. Yeah. It's just that simple. Um, I think in today's world, divorce is, divorce is so prevalent. I think you got to have it. Are you a prenup guy? Yeah, I think I think it's just the smart move. Like, I think it's just the proper move. And I think that, you know, the whole, the whole you know, heartburn over a prenup thing is always I'm sorry, heartburn? Yeah. Yeah. Like the hesitation. Okay. Yeah, I I just don't think there should be any heartburn over prenups. It's a business transaction. Yeah, you know, like yeah, I, I agree. I, are prenups impersonal? I think on some level, like I think that you, yeah, like like you just said, it's a business thing. So I think it's just not. There's yeah, you just have to do it. Like I like, and especially for folks like Brady and Giselle and people on that level, like I I don't think it's optional. Jesse Harsh says Monty is saying Jizzy way too casually. Well. I mean, that's her name, Jizzy Bunchton. Giselle's Bunchton, yeah. Jizzy, Jizzy Bunchton, like, you know. Wow, wow, Jizzy, Jizzy. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, what I do you want from me? Yeah. You know, um, it just is what it is. Uh, no, Jizzy's, that's nasty. Okay. Okay. Her name is Jizzy. Uh, Jesus Christ says that corny music, haha, the Brady Bunch talking. Okay. Uh, no, as executive producer, I'll get them on that uh, on the phone, Kurt. What are we talking about? I don't know. Like, what the um, hell are we talking I about? I have no idea what this is we're talking about. I just, yeah. Anyway, my point is, I'm I'm good with the uh, prenuptial agreement. That's just me. Yeah. Um, did you guys see uh, this thing with the Washington Commanders? Mm-hmm. U.S. Attorney's Office is investigating the Washington Commanders for alleged financial improprieties on the same day it was announced that the Commanders have hired Bank of America. Dan Snyder, that crap bag, hired Bank of America to explore a sale of the team. Yeah. The U.S. Attorney is investigating them for financial improprieties related to the way they reported their income because a whistleblower testified in front of Congress... 
that the Washington Redskins keep two sets of books, one real, one fake. They report all the fake numbers to the NFL, and then they have a legitimate set of books as well. I mean, can this guy get any worse? No, the NFL is perfectly set up for owners to, you know, do that kind of thing, like two books or laundering money or, you know, like it's a perfect ideal world for financial impropriety. And I think that Daniel Snyder has earned everything coming to him. Like, I think that, you know, how, like, this is what I've always said about the NFL, whether we're talking about players or owners, how difficult is it to show up at the office and just run a clean operation? How hard is that? Like, you own an NFL team, you're a billionaire, and it's, you make it that difficult. Like, that's my thing with Daniel Snyder. Like, it's never been about the money. It's always been about the sex and the power and, like, doing awful things to other human beings like that's the kind of guy you are so you know i'm not like a i'm definitely not going to feel bad for you but b like I, I i the nfl needs to get this guy moving along here like for their own sake and the sad thing is they didn't force him to sell the team that's the sad part of this and if they did it doesn't look like they did so they didn't yeah perception's reality right if they did it doesn't look like they did so they didn't Okay. See, I mean, I'm just dropping espousing greatness all over your face yeah, right gems, now. Yeah, you know. I don't know that I should say your face right your now. Face. Uh, Thursday night football, it is what we are calling the Tanner Plummer Bowl. Uh, Eagles favored by 13 and a half at 45 and a half against the Texans on Thursday night. Yeah. Are the, are the Eagles, there's no question the Eagles win the game. Yeah. Are they covering 13 and a half? Um, mm, that feels like a big number to me. I don't, I don't know, man. I, no, probably the, not. Probably here's, not. Here's the other question: If they cover thirteen and a half, how does it stay under? You're saying True. that the Eagles cannot score. Now the Eagles' defense is exponentially better. Um, I think you add one of the best, Robert Quinn, one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. Uh, you're only going to get better. But let's say the Eagles score. You know. 31 points. Yeah. How are you? Are you telling me that you're not scoring 21 points, that the Texans are not scoring 21 points? Yeah, I mean, that's what that says. You're, that basically says the Eagles are going to score somewhere around 30, and they expect the Texans to score somewhere around 10 to 12 points. Yeah, I mean, I can't see you scoring 31, 32 points. And the, the Eagles, <laughs> you're going to score 17 points? I don't know. I, I th- this game's going over, and I don't see any way the Eagles cover that. That yeah. seems like a lot. Yeah, and, and, I, and the Eagles are a really interesting team to me. You know, obviously being undefeated, and you know everything that's going on in their season. Like, this is one of those games where you ha- just have to go in there and be cold blooded about it. Like, you have to just go in there, set the tone, and handle this game in the first half. This should not be a close game in the second half. Yeah, I think the Eagles don't cover, but they win comfortably. Football 50 presented by Papa Murphy's Pizza, 10 of the hour every hour. On the Monty Show, we bring you the biggest stories in football. It's presented by Papa Murphy's. Uh, Make sure you use the promo code MONTY25, MONTY25, to get 25% off your purchase of $25 or more at Papa Murphy's Pizza. We appreciate you guys. By the way, it is Thursday night. Generally, that's our Papa Murphy's Pizza night. Yes. Now, yesterday, Raphael Mm -hmm. sends us a screenshot of his order, as you were saying earlier, right? Yes. Now, the one issue I have with this is he went chicken bacon artichoke. Like, chicken bacon artichoke. I don't know that I can run out that combo, man. Like What's wrong with chicken bacon artichoke? Andy went olive and garlic for the sauce. 
Yeah, okay, listen, I, you listen, know. listen. Everybody's entitled to their freedoms, but <laughs> I'll, I, I just will maintain again that olives have no place on pizza. Well, he I, went, it's an odd combination. He went well, so he didn't do. I don't think he did olives. He went olive oil, olive and oil and garlic for sauce. His sauce. Yeah, I know yeah. what you meant. I was yeah. trying to bail you out without making you seem like a douche, but you know it is what it is. Um, I I just think, ooh. Uh, Donda Academy loses another one. Mm. Ye- Yeezy's, uh, Yeezy's school um, has lost Rob Dillingham, who is a five-star basketball recruit in a Kentucky commit, is uh, withdrawing from Donda Academy and signing with Overtime Elite. So Overtime Elite, I'm telling They're you. They're pumping, dude. I'm telling you, Overtime Elite got a deal with Amazon Prime yesterday for streaming video. And with everything that's going on with Ye and this whole meltdown thing, yeah, Ye, is it Ye or Ye? Did we decide if it was Ye I or Ye? I think the consensus was that it was Ye. Yeah, screw but him. I always thought it was Ye. Uh, anyway, the uh, good old anti-Semite known as Kanye West right. um, had Donda Academy, which was several locations that now essentially is shutting down. So instead of going to another high school, he's going to go to Overtime Elite, which is I think really smart. Yeah, I think it's really smart. It just it is what it is. Jesse Harsh says. If you put artichokes on pizza, you get no freedoms. Well, I don't mind artichokes on it pizza. It is what it is. You know, Josh Lovern says Donda closed its doors last week. I don't think it closed all of its locations, though. I could be wrong about that. Teddy Wayman says chicken bacon artichoke is so good. And yes, my friends, olives do. No, Teddy. Teddy, bro, <sighs> you are in such good standing. People like your beard. Like, you know, you guys did a great job on the studio and everything you've done for us. And then you go talking about olives and it just is a turnoff. I mean, it, 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 listen, we know you're men. You carry out dead bulls out of forests. We get it. You guys, you guys are amazing, which means you don't put olives on pizza. Like, you, just, you don't. Jesse Harsh says, guys, it's ye. Right. But is it yay? Right. His name is Kanye. Yeah, Why so would Y E be Ye? Because of Yeezys. No. 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 I, I, I'm just here to provide information. Okay. Uh, you know, I mean, Ye, yay, your mom. Like, I don't ye, know. Ye, like, like, no. I no, don't I'm know. Not, what I'm it not is. doing it. No. All right. Uh, the Monty Show is presented by the Advocates, UtahAdvocates.com for the best injury attorneys in the business. Get to UtahAdvocates.com. And I say every day, if you're asking yourself the question, do I need an attorney? Well, why don't you need an attorney? Your insurance company has attorneys, hundreds, thousands, right? I know I'm an American family customer. If I get in an accident, I'm not calling my insurance agent. I'm calling my attorney, I'm calling the advocates, utahadvocates.com. Your, your injury, your, your accident, your money, your financials, your future, you're not going to trust that to somebody whose only job is to make sure they pay you as little as possible. Do that math in your head. Does an insurance company want to pay you what you deserve and what you're owed? Or do they want to pay you as little as possible and put the money in their pocket? You know the answer to that question. You know it's not in your favor. So have somebody that will advocate for you. That's why they're called the advocates, utahadvocates.com. Uh, you never pay them until they win your case. Um, that's how confident they are that they are the best injury attorneys in the business. That they don't, they don't ask you for retainers. They don't do consultation fees. Your consultations are free. You pay nothing unless and until they win your case. Chat with them online right now at utahadvocates.com. By the way, Workman's Comp, they do that as well. Motorcycle, they do that as well. Uh, distracted driver, T-boned you, they do that as well. Utah Advocates. 
Gunsaga.com. Let's talk about this story with Gonzaga. Right, right. Um, what do you make of this story, Jake, that Gonzaga is potentially headed to the Big 12? Yeah, I, I think it's a really interesting time in, in college athletics. Like, obviously, this this program, this program is known as a basketball powerhouse. And I think that, you know, I, I, I don't really put a ton of credence into the, the Big East thing. I, I just don't I, I don't see why you would why you would make a move, you know, to another conference, if you will, just to go to a conference like the Big East. That to me doesn't make a lot of sense now. The Big 12 to me makes a hell of a lot of sense just from a basketball perspective. It already is, by most people's opinions, the the best basketball conference in the country. Gonzaga obviously is one of the best programs in the country. They're in the tournament every single year. They're always a contender. So to me, it makes perfect sense that they would go to the Big 12. So that's where I feel like, hey, great. We kind of figured that more stories like this would start to come out. You'd get the Gonzaga S schools sort of having these conversations. So to me, it makes perfect sense. And if I was them, I would go to the Big 12. I wouldn't have anything to do with the Big East if it was me. I think the important conversation here is who else goes to the Big 12. Because if you're going to get Gonzaga to the Big 12, Jay. Gonzaga. Thank you. If you're going to get uh, Gonzaga to the Big 12. Gonzaga. If you're going to get Gonzaga to the Big 12. Gonzaga. The Big <laughs> If you're Gonzaga. 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 If you're going to get Gonzaga to the Big 12, here's the question. Who are they going to travel with? And I, I think this is why it makes perfect sense. Um, <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> Here's why Gonzaga. it makes perfect sense that Gonzaga uh, would go to the Big 12 because I think you have a situation where they're going to be able to team with people like BYU. Now, does Utah go to the Big 12? That makes perfect sense for Gonzaga to join the Big 12 because you can travel regionally, right? The other question is, and again, I still maintain that San Diego State's not the swing school here. The swing school is Washington State and Oregon State. That's what makes sense because if those two teams don't wind up in the Big Ten, and I don't think they will, I think it makes perfect sense for the Big 12 to add, especially now if we're adding a basketball-only institution, it makes perfect sense to add Gonzaga with Washington State, Oregon State, Utah. That makes perfect sense because remember, Gonzaga doesn't play football. So the biggest question is, what do you get when you have Gonzaga in the Big 12 for basketball? That's a huge point. So I think, yes, uh, I, if you're going to send them to play Cincinnati, to play uh, UCF, if you're going to send them to play West Virginia, because there's Olympic sports as well, I think you have to be very savvy about who else joins the conference. And I think that's a real concern. But here's the other point. If you are the Big 12 and you know that you can add Power 5 schools with your pro rata agreement with ESPN, which basically means, and we were, I believe, one of the first people to tell you that the Big 12's agreement with ESPN includes a provision that if they add another Power 5 school, that they get that money for that Power 5 school. Gonzaga's not a Power 5 school. Thanks. I mean, they play like a Power 5 school, but they're in the WCC for, for basketball. So if you go and get Gonzaga, what does that bring to Gonzaga? What does that bring? You're in my head now. You're in my head, Smalls. Gonzaga. If you bring Gonzaga into the Big 12, Gonzaga. what kind of money does ESPN pony up for that? Because remember, what's part of this deal? And I think this is a really important point. Fox ponying up for Big 12 basketball. 
So does that bring tremendous value to the Big 12 financially? On paper, I think it does. Financially, I don't know that it brings tremendous value from mm -hmm. a right standpoint. And I understand why they would want Gonzaga to be in the league because from a Gonzaga. basketball perspective, uh, from a basketball <laughs> perspective, it absolutely brings value to the league. But I think when you bring the Zags into the conference, it's not going to draw a whole lot of water from ESPN because they don't have to pay, so they're not going to pay. Right. But it's absolutely irrational to put Gonzaga in the Big East. It Gonzaga. makes no sense whatsoever to put them into the Big East. I think it makes sense to put them into the Pac-12. I think it makes sense to put them into the Big 12. But it does not make sense to put Gonzaga into the into the Big East. I don't even think it's a conversation. Yeah. I think it's a a perfect fit in my opinion with the Big 12 only from a financial standpoint. Because I think if they join the Big 12, I think that Fox will pony up more money for that basketball. I mean, this a uh, Gonzaga is a team that routinely competes at the top of college basketball, and I think yeah. it's a really good add to a really good basketball league already. Yeah, and I think this, it, 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 like, look no further than this situation for how the Big 12 is in the middle of everything, right? Like, the Big 10 did, you know, did their their rights deal, and that was a huge deal, and, like, that kind of that kind of started the snowball effect in college athletics. And I think when you look at where the Pac-12 is and where the Big 12 is. You notice that the SEC and the ACC, they're just chilling. You're not going to hear much out of them, I don't think. Um, I do think the SEC expands eventually, but just not right now. I think they're kind of, again, they're just chilling. But I think when you look yeah. at the Pac-12, you look at the Big 12, what's really interesting to me is you have this dynamic where it really should be a competition between these two, like in the sense that the Pac-12 really should be competing to add, you know, Gonzaga or San Diego State or like the these, you know, other programs that are very relevant, but not P5s yet. And yet all I hear about is the Big 12 being this conference with Brett Yormark that, you know, operates and understands it and, and really wants to expand and really wants to grow and wants to bring more money per school, you know, as soon as possible. And like they're headed in the right direction. And I think what's interesting is that you just don't hear a lot of that out of the Pac-12. Like, you hear George Klyovkov going on, you know, Kinzano and Wilner and, and saying a bunch of that dumb stuff that we've talked about so much on the show. Like, you hear him doing that, but you really don't hear a lot of smoke about, about like, there's been some rumblings, just some very peripheral, surface-level, hey, the Pac-12 might consider San Diego State type of reporting. But, but with the Big 12, it seems like, yeah, the Big 12's having conversations. Brett Yormark is going around to BYU and UCF and, like, all these schools that they're adding in expansion. And that's why I just think that if I'm Gonzaga, I'm, I'm going to look at this and I'm going to say, I would not consider the Big East. It bring, like the, it just it doesn't, doesn't make, make any sense. sense. For why would for, you? For Gonzaga to join Gonzaga. the Big East, it doesn't make any sense. Gonzaga. At all for them to join the Big East, in my yeah. opinion. And it, it, if, if we're, I mean, if we're talking truly comfortable fit, it's the Pac-12. I mean, from a travel perspective, from, you know, like it, it institutional, I mean, location-wise, they're in Spokane, like it, it makes sense. If you want to make smart business, you're going to join the Big 12 because that's going to get you bigger games on national TV, especially with Fox owning the majority of the basketball rights. Like, I mean, in football, it's, it's meaningless to you. Yeah. It's, it's, I'm not going to say it's meaningless to ESPN to have Gonzaga in that conference. Cause it's not, but 
I mean, Fox owning the basketball rights essentially to the the Big 12, it makes a lot more sense for them. Yeah. It cannot be and it will not be the only move the Big 12 makes, I don't think. And again, I just sit here and we we play this game of where we we bounce the Big 12 off the Pac-12 and vice versa. And, and in my mind, when I look at the way that the Big 12's new deal is structured, I just don't see how the Pac-12 is anything but a streaming league. I don't see how if you're the Pac-12, you can now put yourself in alignment with the Big 12 with ESPN because I just don't see how that works. I understand that ESPN and ABC probably need the content, want the content, but they already have the SEC. They just paid to be in the driver's seat for the Big 12. So if you go to ESPN, are you in more of a position than the SEC? Certainly not. If you go to ESPN, are you in more of a position than the Big 12 at ESPN? Certainly not. It does not make a whole lot of sense to see the Pac-12 give their tier one rights to, to ESPN because what is ESPN going to do with them? Yeah. What happens is what you, you, you don't grow and succeed because you are a nighttime football league now. That's what's going to happen to the Pac-12 at ESPN because where is ESPN going to put those games? And if we're, if we're being honest, it's ABC, ESPN, or ESPN2. Those are those three big ones. And if we're truly being honest, it's ESPN and ABC. Right. Yeah. So if you are Georgia, Alabama, if you are what Georgia, Tennessee, the big game this week, that game's on ABC, let's say, Thanks. okay, or that game's probably on ESPN. If you are what, you know, if you're a, a big game in the big 12, the biggest game in the big 12, right? That game goes on ESPN or ABC. Where's the, where is, where is Oregon, Utah end up if they go to ESPN at best you're on ESPN too. Right. But if you're taking the four best games every week in the Big 12 and you're taking the four biggest games in the in the SEC, I mean, that seems like ESPN and ABC are gone. Like those are no longer options. Right. So now you are certainly I mean, you're the little brother. You're the mm-hmm. you're the you're the the probably the 10th most important game. Your number one game in the in the Pac-12 is probably fifth or sixth y'all feel me in the pecking order yeah right i i that to me is a real problem and if you are the pac-12 you are now a streaming league your best case scenario is that you're able to do a deal with amazon where you'll be the number one college football property but what happens to your basketball at that point do you think amazon's just doing a deal for Pac-12 football, I can't buy that. Yeah, You're selling your tier one rights, which means that's football, basketball, and Olympic sports. I don't know. I just I have a hard time buying into it, and I just don't believe that we're going to be in a place where we're going to be able to say, hey, you know what? Yeah, it'll be fine that we're on Amazon because I'm telling you right now it will not be fine. Yeah. And I think, I think money-wise, I think you could get close to what the Big 12 got at, at, at the mid table, but you're what happens to your basketball value? If you're the Pac 12 and you end up with Amazon, yeah, how many people are paying to see Pac 12 basketball on Amazon Prime? That's a tough sale, man. Yeah, now, how many people in a sports bar are accidentally going to run into Big 12 basketball on Fox? A I lot. would say a lot, a lot, a lot, right? If it's Kansas Gonzaga, that game's on, that's a Primetime, big-time Fox game. Yeah. If it's Michigan-Ohio State football, 
that game's on primetime Fox. But if it's Oregon State versus Oregon, who's carrying that game? If it's UCLA versus Oregon, like who's Arizona and UCLA? That's probably the best game in the Pac-12, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If it's if it's Arizona and, and UCLA, who's who's going to run into that game if it's on Amazon? How many sports bars across this country are going to pay for Amazon to be streamed in their bar? <laughs> At best, it's a slow conversion process. At best, right? Because whether you believe it or not, that bar crowd is huge. Yeah, and I think the other question that no one talks about, which is amazing to me, is, and I know this is nerd, right? But you actually have to have good internet to stream Amazon. Like, yes, we you all do. understand that, right? Like, like with TV, it's like, all right, cool, we can just put a dish on the roof, and you know, direct TV guy will come out and set it up, and we're good to go, right? But with Amazon, you ha- like Wi-Fi, public Wi-Fi at your bar is not going to get it done. Well, and I think the other thing that people forget here on the Monty Show presented by the Advocates, UtahAdvocates.com, I think the other thing that people forget is uh, it costs a lot of money to have DirecTV and Dish Network in your bar. <laughs> it is not the same that we pay at our homes. It's far more money, right? So you know that bar owners already have internet. They already have TV are they willing to pay for Amazon Prime to show? Like one of the big questions has been, how many bars are showing Thursday night football right now? Because it the 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 viewership is down significantly, and a lot of it is the matchup, right? Mm-hmm. How many people in Philadelphia tonight are watching the World Series, or are they watching Thursday night football? Far more people are going to watch the World Series than they are the undefeated Philadelphia Eagles. Right? That's just the reality of it. Yeah. Because it's harder to find the Eagles and it's easy to find the World Series. And the World I'm, Series is hot right now. I'm just telling you, this is a very difficult proposition for the Pac twelve. And if they add Gonzaga, yes, I think it's a it's a it's it's a feather in their cap, it's an easier sell. But if you're Gonzaga, why are you joining Gonzaga. the Pac twelve? Why are you joining? Yeah. What why would you join that over the Big Twelve who's already got a TV deal into the future? I, you're on Fox. You know that Fox owns the basketball. That like, it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me, guys. It, yeah. it really doesn't. And I just, I don't know. Jeremy Severe says, "Man, I would love to get Gonzaga into the Big Twelve. Nice travel partner with BYU." And Mark Few finally has the competition he wants to put them over the hump. And I think they deserve that. I think they deserve that. Okay, now let's debate the pronunciation. Not Zags. It's Zogs. Gonzaga. No, it's, it's Zags. Gonzaga. It is. It is. Gonzaga. It's the Zogs. No, it's not. Gonzaga. Zag, zags, pogs, bogs. <laughs> tomato, exactly right. tomato. Exactly right. Uh, Mike Maple says the Pac-12 three stooges, Wilner, Canzano, and Mendel, working OT, spinning their bad reporting. They talk about bringing Gonzaga and San Diego State because San Diego State is betting their higher learning programs. Like, it's money. I think San Diego State gets devalued now because ESPN's and it's called pro rata mm-hmm. portion of this contract. And the, the clause says that if you add a power five, we will ESPN will pay the big 12 on par with what they pay on average per school. They will add that amount of money to the deal if you add a power five school. So if you add Utah, you're getting whatever it is, $30 million added to that deal. If you add San Diego State, who's a group of five, you're not getting that money. So I think it devalues San Diego State a little bit. Yes. And I think it sends a very clear message that that the Big 12 is pointed directly at 
the Pac-12. They're not pointed at San Diego State. And you notice you're not hearing Clay Ofkoff talk a bunch of junk about the Pac-12 anymore. Yeah, he's been remarkably anymore. quiet since that TV deal got done, hasn't he been? Yeah. So I, I think that's, Gonzaga. that's very interesting. Josh Leverett says, how does BYU feel about potentially this potential huge move? I think BYU's had pretty good success against Gonzaga. Well, and I think just overall, BYU is 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 you know someone who... Already has a TV deal. They already have everything that you would you would want in a in a program. You know what I mean? Like yeah, a program. everything you want. Yeah, a program. Yeah, a program. Uh, Josh Levern says Jesse, the Zags haven't lost a game since World War II era. Gonzaga. I, I, I actually think that's true. The uh, Gonzaga Zaga, the Gonzaga <coughs> Zogs. I can't even say that backwards. The Gonzaga Zogs haven't lost a game since I think 1912. Gonzaga. I could be wrong. I might be wrong. Uh, Boyd Lake says fans in Philly are watching the Strohs pitch a no hitter. You, he won't get off that. He wants us to mention that there okay, was a no hitter in the World Series last night. <laughs> All right, great. There was a no hitter. Combined no hitter. Like I just don't. And people ask us this all the time, especially when we, you know, when we have the biggest stories in sports presented by Quick Quack Car Wash. Make sure you get to your local Quick Quack Car Wash. It's fun. Bring the kids. The best part. If we're being honest, not only is it affordable, the best part about Quick Quack is even when there's a line, they're busy. You're in and out of there in five minutes, five, seven minutes, even when they're busy. Uh, I was just there over the weekend, Saturday in South Jordan. There was a long line and it was, it was five minutes. They just move people through because you don't have to sit there and play with that stupid machine. You know, when you pull up to a car wash and you're like, all right, put your card in the slot, choose a wash that you don't know anything about. <laughs> Right. Instead, you get you get a, 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 a an employee, and the best part about Quick Quack is the people who work there is they smile. Hey guys, they're actually friendly. Like the guy at, in South Jordan at the district walked up to our car. It's like, welcome to Quick Quack. I'm like, hey, you know what's the difference between the top wash and the second wash? Gonzaga. We were talking about it, and I handed you scan my wash pass. Went right through, like in and out in five minutes. Yeah, dude. It was great. It's super easy. Um, so the biggest stories in sports brought to you by quick quest. Yeah. I would think the world series throwing a combined no hitter. That's not even close to Don Larson is a neat little story. I hate the Astros. All they do is cheat to win. How did they cheat last night? I don't know. I'm sure we'll find out in the future, <laughs> you know, but the little yeah, guy that plays uh, Tupperware instead of garbage cans, you know, the little guy that plays shortstop for them. He's always a cheater. He's ruined his legacy. Okay. Please, please, you know, second base. Yeah, it's the same thing. Uh, Jerry yeah. Jones tongue says program. Betos. Gonzaga. Truth. Brent Burnett says BYU has a nice basketball facility. They do. Yeah. I would agree with that. Tanner Plummer says BYU has had some pretty good success over Gonzaga. Gonzaga. Are you on drugs? Yes, they've won a couple of games in the last decade, but saying they've had pretty good success over Gonzaga is wrong. Anybody that can beat Gonzaga in Spokane at the Marriott's, anytime you beat Gonzaga, it's a good win. That's a really good see. This is what I don't understand about BYU fans. Why Utah do you constantly fan? Why do you constantly live in misery? Yeah, we've beaten them, but they're better than us. Who cares? You've beaten them. I mean, take the win, guy. Who cares? Take the win. Yeah. You've had a couple of nice wins. Who cares? Yeah. I, I, are you serious? The Jazz are six and three, or whatever they are now. Enjoy it. Are, are you serious? Uh, let's see. Josh Lovern says seven wins in twenty nine games. Tanner, I'll take it. WCC benefited as a whole from having BYU. Absolutely. There's no doubt about that. K-Do. K-Do. What's up, K-Do? Rock Chalk. Uh, good morning, guys. From my understanding is that ESPN's portion of the Big 12 deal 
has the pro rata clause, but Fox portion does not. How does that affect uh, the Big 12 P5 expansion? I believe that the that Fox does not have the pro rata that ESPN has because Fox paid significantly less than ESPN did. So ESPN's ponying up, you know, a, a, a good chunk of the money to the Big 12. That's why that portion's on the ESPN side. But I mean, we won't know until it's signed in public knowledge. Um, but I don't know that it impacts it at all. I think if it let's what's best case scenario for Big 12 expansion? Um, let's say that they add Oregon and Washington. Any Oregon game is going to be in your top game that week. So that's always going to be on ESPN or ABC. So I, I think that's why when you add a big time power five program, that's going to be on the on the tier one right for football, which is not Fox. That's ESPN. Yeah. You know, I mean, does Oregon basketball ring the bell the same way that Oregon football does? No, no of course not. Same thing with Washington. Same thing with Washington State. Like you don't know their you don't know their best basketball alum. You know, but you you certainly can name ten people that played football at Oregon, right? I mean, it's just that's just the way it is. Yeah. That's the reality of it. So I think it's a I honestly think the Big Twelve, the reported Big Twelve TV deal is a win win for everybody. There's no loser in that deal. It helps the Big Twelve with with, you know, stability, foundational, the ability to expand, the ability to negotiate. It gives ESPN their replacement college football content, and it gives Fox the basketball content that they've been after because Fox really wants to expand their basketball offering. Yeah. So I don't see how this is a loss for anyone, and they can go and get um, a streaming partner, although most of their games, the Big 12 games, will be streamed on ESPN+, Plus, which I think is brilliant by ESPN. Um, but I... The only loser in this is the Pac-12 because I think the Pac-12 have has a the Pac-12 has a steep hill to climb. Absolutely, they do. Uh, Washington State, Clay Thompson. I thought Clay Thompson went to Oregon State. Uh, I don't know, man. What are you talking about, man? Yeah, I don't. Now I'm going to have to look it up. Am I wrong about that? I could be wrong about that. Who knows? I, all I'm saying is. Um, I feel like that contract was a win-win for everybody. Yeah, and, and look, I, I think that <clears throat> there's. I think a lot of people like to overcomplicate this college sports. Expansion. Washington State, excuse me, my bad. <clears throat> great. So he went to great, cool. He nice. went to Washington State. Nice, good poll. Um, nice. You know, I, I think people like to overcomplicate this. This, it, it's just never been a difficult thing. It's never been something that's rocket science. I don't feel like. I think no. it's 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 very clear. The Big Twelve is prepared. And moving, they're active. They're a player. They're I would a predator in this situation. I think that that the Pac-12 is the gazelle in this situation. They're running for their life. They don't know what direction to go. And I feel like they think Amazon's going to come in and drop. You know, like I've seen people tweeting about the fact that they think Amazon's going to drop like a billion dollars to buy the Pac-12 network and do all this renovation and like come in and be some windfall. And it's like, dude. Amazon and the people who run Amazon, they're not stupid. Like, they didn't get to where they're at by being stupid. They did, why would you buy the Pac-12 network? It, like, it makes no sense. Like, again, it should be, like, I need to, we need to keep saying this. Amazon's not interested in TV deal per se. They want to just take your product, 
and make their streaming services relevant with your product. That's yes. it. They they don't have a need for Pac-12 Network or, or Dish or any of that nonsense. In fact, the, I would guess Amazon wants to stay as far away from Dish products as possible. Amazon makes deals with TV manufacturers, not TV TV production companies. Yeah. I mean, when you look at Amazon, the people that create their content are producers. They are content creators. They're not ABC and ESPN. The people that they're in business with are Sony and LG and Samsung because they want the Amazon app baked into those TVs, right? So that's, they're in bed with the airlines because they want Amazon Prime streaming on air, airline flights. Yeah. That's, those are the deals that, that Amazon makes. When it comes to content, Amazon, you'll notice that Amazon didn't do a deal with the MLS, right? They didn't do an MLS. Like that's Apple TV. How is Apple TV assimilating into all of these different platforms? They're not. You don't hear about, like you don't hear about that. Amazon is doing a deal with Overtime Elite. Amazon is doing a deal with content that gravitates viewers like Thursday Night Football, college football, college sports in general. Like Apple TV isn't even on my radar on a daily basis. It's not. I, I don't even it's not. think about Apple TV, right? Like, I, it's it, it, like that's why I was so surprised that MLS decided that that was a good deal for them. Like, I know you've always said about that deal, like not having local broadcasters, you know, call games anymore as part of that deal is a crime. I agree with that. And I think MLS choosing Apple TV, like I love Apple, MacBooks, phones, like iPads, like I love the product line. For TV though, like I'm not going to Apple. It's not happening. I will not go to Apple to watch MLS soccer. I'm not doing that. Just the same way that I've never consumed even a second of content on NBC's Peacock products. I've never, never jumped on that bandwagon. And that's the thing. There are the haves and the have-nots. ESPN, you know, regular NBC, Fox, those are the haves, right? Even CBS is a have. Amazon wants to be in that group, but they want to dominate the streaming space. This, like, that's what I think people don't understand. It's not about Pac-12 network or networks yeah that's I, I not agree. amazon's business make sure you give us a thumbs up right now please click like on this uh show really helps our channel grow we appreciate that as we talk about this big 12 story um you know i just the way i will put a bow around this story is to say that it's your turn in the pac-12 show us what you've got because i think we all know that sec is set the big 10 is set now it looks like the big 12 is set i think the acc is is kind of hanging around Let's see what they do and what moves they're going to make. The Pac-12 has to act, and they haven't got a TV deal yet. From what <laughs> people say, they could have one by the end of the year. It'll be interesting to see. I've been told it's not close, but we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Yeah. We'll see how it is. And again, Tanner Plummer wants to talk about the Claret and Cobalt. Have you, have you ever watched an RSL game or an MLS game for that matter? Yes. Like, what do, What kind of question is that? It's a clown question, bro. It is. Like, what are you talking about? Uh, Jeremy Bolton says, you could put RSL on ESPN and pay people to watch, and people still won't watch. I, it's just not a great product. I just product. don't think MLS on the whole, our, uh, RSL aside, like, I don't think MLS is a great product. I'm sorry. Like, I'm not trying to be an a-hole about it. I just don't think, like, like, MLS soccer in person is great, right? Like, MLS is very entertaining, it like it's a fun time to go to an RSL game, 
But if you're if you're asking me to watch RSL on TV, A, I'm not going to watch it on normal TV. B, I'm certainly not going to go on my smart TV to another app or like some other destination to find it, like go out of my way. Not when the NBA is in season, not when the World Series is happening, not when you've got football on, on like tonight there's football. That's what I mean when I say you can't when when you're a when you're a lower tier sport, when you're not the NFL, it can't be difficult to find you. And that's what I feel like they did with this Apple thing. They I agree. made it difficult to find. Yeah, and it can never be difficult to find. And that's why Barbecue Pit Stop has five stores in the state of, of Utah. Thanks. From Logan to Layton to Lehigh and St. George and, of course, our good friends in Murray. That's where you find Barbecue Pit Stop, bbqpitstop.com. I say it every single day, and I'll say it leading up to Thanksgiving. If you are going to put your turkey on a smoker, get to barbecuepitstop.com. Uh, Clinton from the Lehigh store has a great video about how to smoke a turkey breast. Um, way back in the day, what was that, 17, not nah, probably 15 years ago when Oregon and, and BYU played and we had that watch party where Jesse Harsh won a trip to see BYU <laughs> and Notre Dame in Las Vegas. Clinton smoked turkey breast and it was amazing. That's why you need to do business with Barbecue Pit Stop. I mean, obviously they sell Traegers, Big Green Eggs, Yoders, all the best smokers and equipment, pellets. But their know-how and the guys at Barbecue Pit Stop, they're just easy to do business with. They're nice guys. They're educators first, so they're going to teach you. They're going to evangelize about the greatness of smokers. And they're going to answer your questions. Hey, you know, I'm trying to do wings. Is Asado seasoning like Monty always says every day? You know, I heard about Barbecue Pit Stop on the Monty Show. Um, but he goes on about this Asado seasoning. And I'm just trying to understand, like, is Asado seasoning really the, the witchcraft that he says it is? Mm-hmm. <laughs> And trust me, friends, when I say yes, it is the witchcraft that I say it is, which is why you go to barbecuepitstop.com right now, bbqpitstop.com, and buy yourself some Asado seasoning. They'll ship it to you or just go into any of their five stores. Logan, Layton, Lehigh, St. George, and Murray. Tell them you heard about it on the Monty Show, the best in the business by far. Barbecue Pit Stop. That's where we got our Traeger smoker. Hell yes. We smoke our pizza on it. We smoke our wings on it. What's your go-to number one thing to smoke? Man, that's a tough one. So, wings got to be there. Yeah, wings right? have to be in the conversation. Rockstar recovery. Yeah, I mean, you know, monster energy. Like, you know, no, but in all seriousness, I think I think most enjoyable thing to smoke is probably wings. But I have to say, on a regular weekly basis, get, like I look forward to that Papa Murphy's pizza yeah. every week, every dude. Week. Every, every week. single week. Like it if just you don't turns smoke out pizza, if you do not smoke your pizza, you're crazy. And I have to say, like all jokes aside, I know we talk about pellet flavoring all the time. The cherry for pizza is legitimately, in my opinion, the best. Like it just has yes. this when you when you're eating the crust you can really taste it and it just it's just next level like it there's is. no replacing it but Brett Burnett says uh that uh we all um oh I'm sorry my Monty fan big comment dump uh steaks or chicken chicken's so good I haven't done a lot of smoking of steak to be honest with you chicken we don't is eat phenomenal. as much red meat as we used to yeah like I'm I'm definitely a New York strip guy love me a good New York strip but I don't love my struggle is two minutes on this. My struggle is is that when I eat steak, it's very it, it is heavy. I love eating it. I love the taste of it. There's nothing like a really well done medium New York strip with some potatoes and a vegetable of some variety. Like those three things together it's are hard phenomenal. on the colon. It is. It is. But it tastes phenomenal. And so it's like 
I, I I do enjoy me a good piece of fish on the smoker. I do really enjoy um, wings. I imagine that chicken breasts on the smoker would be phenomenal. Oh. Um, I haven't done a lot of that, but mm. I can just tell you, like, it's it, it's it's it. tough to not do well on a Traeger. I have to be honest with you. Like if Jerry Jones' tongue wants to know if you can smoke salmon. Yes, you can, and it's oh. bomb. Put a little foil in there. You can even put it on some wood. Like, oof. So good. Best way to cook it is to have your wife do it, Brett Burnett says. Wow. wow. Thank you. Thank wow. you. Mike Maple says, love smoking baby back ribs. One rack of Memphis, oh. one rack of Carolina. I'm a huge rib guy. Jake, you're kind of a rib Kinda. guy. You know what I don't love about ribs? They taste amazing. Totally down with it. They're just really messy to eat. I know. Like I, they're it's a amazing. pain in the ass. It's amazing. Uh, smoked salmon on pizza no, is actually good. No, yes, it is. No, I've had it one time, and I want to say it was in Tahoe <coughs> at North Star Resort. See, now you now that you have this girlfriend, you can't travel with us. So, you'll dude, we're going to Mammoth it. next week. We're not. Yeah, we are. Uh, me and Mrs. Monty are. You're not. Why? Uh, because you're not allowed to travel. Anyway, the point is, listen, it's not true. listen, friends. Uh, smoked salmon on pizza is actually really good. Really good. Uh, Cam Harrison says, I'm excited for Papa Murphy's Pizza this weekend. Good morning, guys. Morning, Cam. All right. I got to go do some homework. Bye, guys. Oh, bye, 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 guys. Don't, don't tell me bye, you got to go and do your calculus homework. Like, come on. Josh Lovern says, ribeye is fire. I agree with that. Uh, Boyd Lake says, brisket all the way. Uh, Brett Burnett says, we all knew you smoking. Mm -hmm. Do you guys realize I've never even tried it? I've never smoked a joint. I've never had marijuana. <laughs> never, not one time. Uh, Brett Burnett says, had smoked salmon in Monaco. Best ever. Wow, I love Monaco. Uh, Barfing Chicken says, I'm already messy eater with normal foods. I love ribs and making a mess will never turn me away. <laughs> See? See, he's my spirit animal. Yeah, dude. I'm telling you, man, ribs are... Legit. <sighs> Jeremy legit. Bolton. Guys, 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 guys. Hey, guys, guys, guys. Hey, guys. If you could go back and do homework in the 80s or 90s, what subject would be the best? Hey uh, health and sex ed. Gonzaga. What are you talking about? Gonzaga. Thank you. That would be uh, the topic. Uh, let's see. Jeff Johnson says, never had MJ Monty such a casual. Well, what is neither MJ? have I. What do you mean? Okay, really? Mary Jane? Yeah. Is yeah. that what that, I've yeah, never that's smoked what that, it. That's what that is, yeah. Never. Now, I, and I, you know the awkward thing? I can remember multiple times. So this true story, I'm not exaggerating this at all. Yeah. Back in my wandering days, right. I lived in a townhouse with a bunch of baseball players that we hung out with. Yeah. I walked yep. in one night and there was just a pile of confection sugar on the table. And I was like, all right, I'm going to bed. <laughs> out. Um, I remember in high school of a good friend of mine, Trent, uh, who was a weed smoking fanatic. Right. Um, showed up at my house after school one day, good old Round Lake Beach. Uh, we were going to play Super Mario Brothers on Nintendo. Yeah. And he's like, I'll never forget the way he said it. Hey, yo, let's go blaze it. Cocaine is a hell of a drug. And I was like, blaze what? And he pulled out like a bag, like a, a bag with a bunch of like weed in it. Uh -huh. And I'll never forget being scared of it. Until one of us passes the fuck out. He went into my garage, rolled a joint, smoked a joint, came back in the house, and we played Mario Brothers for like two hours. <laughs> I loved it. Trent passed away, by the way. 
So uh, many moons ago. So yeah. uh, God bless you, Trent. Hope you're resting in power. Uh, but I remember I have several memories like that. Stevenson High School football games out back behind the uh, gym building, the gym complex. Yeah, everybody knew there was a dude, and he looked he looked like a total preppy. That guy used to wear. I, you know what I remember about the guy that sold weed behind Stevenson High School? The nicest, the nicest polo polos. Like he always had the black. Do you know why I like polo, polo, you like the polo shirt from Polo Ralph Lauren? Because this weed smoker always had the black one with the red pony on it. And he will every single time. Never, ever have I smoked weed. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy. Um, Kurt Meyer says, Monty, you're my idol. Okay. Uh, Salty Drunk says, Super has gone home to soak the ceiling. Wow. Guy. You just, <laughs> exactly, Jeremy. Oh, my God, Salty. You're just not a fan of the, the dude, dude. That's a great nickname. You have to be honest. Like, come on. What? Super Soaker. That that's is a an good incredible nickname. nickname. I mean, you know, I, I'm not. I'm not hating on that. I, I it, it it is what it is. All right, real quick. Um, because we got about ten minutes, we'll get to football at fifty. Yeah. Um, uh, because I do want to talk about Tommy's. Tommy. Hey, we're we're going to ask you in football at fifty if Tommy and Jizzy. Uh, we now know they had a rock solid prenup. Are you a believer in prenups? Ironclad. I think we have to talk about that. Eric and Raleigh says Tim has never smoked weed. Brownies though. Oh, I ate brownies all the time. I have I have tried one edible. I will say this. I tried one edible one time. How'd that work out for you? Did absolutely nothing to me. <laughs> nothing. And I say this shit all the time, and nobody believes me. Mm -hmm. This is the Nyquil thing, right? If you're going to take one cup full of NyQuil and it knocks you out, it will have no effect on me. I'm a big dude. I'm a big human. You may have noticed that. Right. So if I'm going to take an edible, I got to do like double what you How do. How was NyQuil last night? How did that work out for dude, you? Dude, I slept like a child last night. Yeah. Um, so I, I said this earlier, but I have, I've been under the weather. I haven't been feeling great. Jake, I got whatever Jake had. And now I feel like I'm kind of over it. Uh, or I'm on the back side of it. And my wife is sick. That's why she's not here today. Mrs. Monty is very under the weather. Um, but last night, I took, let's see. In the morning, I had DayQuil. Right. After the show, I took more DayQuil. Then when I got home, I, what did we eat for lunch yesterday? We did we eat have, lunch? I don't think we had lunch yesterday. We had the Beto's Burrito. Oh, we did. We went to Mobetta's yesterday. Oh, Mobetta. Oh, we went to Mobetta's yesterday. So it was phenomenal. Good, dude. Mobetta's at the district. Mm, phenomenal. That Mac salad, though, every time. And then I didn't eat. So that was about 2, two o'clock, I think. Didn't eat after 2 o'clock. Went home, took some DayQuil. Yeah. Sat on the couch, did some work. Had, had a pitch thing. We were working on some stuff. Jake left at 6 o'clock. Yeah. I fell asleep, woke up at 8.30, took some NyQuil, took some Advil because I had a sore throat. Right. And uh, ibuprofen is great for sore throat. Took some Advil, went to bed, did not wake up until 4 o'clock. Yes, yes, yes. Flipping amazing. Yeah, dude. It was awesome. So I'm just telling you. Ooh, NY Monty fan says Mo Betta's is my favorite. Yeah, so I got the good, bro. I got the teriyaki and the katsu chicken yesterday. As, as was the awesome. Mo Betta folks say, it's a regular with some chicken terry. Yeah, okay. it was unbelievable. It was it was unbelievable. Barfing Chicken says Lolo's is much better as a Tongan kid. I'll never love Mo Betta's. Really? Okay. Why? 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 That's interesting. I love Mo Betta's. Love Mo Betta's. Uh, Jerem Patterson says in high school my friend bought a coffee. I took a sip and felt like the biggest badass on the planet living in a bubble. 
See, that's a that's a code of you know honor code violation to drink that coffee. Like, uh, see what I'm, I see what he did there. Doing okay. That. Sorry if you're offended by that. Like, is that a thing in the LDS Church? It must be. Well, do they enforce it? It's clearly in the rule book. But like when you're breaking, when you're breaking the rules, the tenants, when you are, you know, caffeinated beverage, whatever you want to say, when you're soaking like Tanner, (laughs) like, is that a thing? Is it like a rush? Like, I've always been curious about that. I've never asked that question before, but we have some folks here. If you're, if you're a member of the church, I wonder what, please explain. Yeah. Cause I, I'm a recovering Catholic. I tell people that all the time, but. Does it you feel know. good to break the rules sometimes as, as someone of the LDS yes. faith? Yes. How can it not? Seriously. How can it not? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it does feel good. Like, I mean, obviously, but like, I don't know. Like, I, I, I want to know. By the way, I deleted the Nike app off my phone again. Attaboy. Attaboy. Stay Gotta committed. stop. Gotta stop. I, my, sobriety, my shoe sobriety was very much in question. Yeah. And there are some shoes coming up I want to buy, and I don't think I'm going to do it. There's some heat nah. from now to the end of the year. There's some real heat in the Nike app, yeah. dude. There is. Um, let's see. Oh, wow. I have to be careful with these. Jeremy uh, Severe says, freshman year of college, neighbor makes special brownies and has his roommate think they are regular brownies. Eats like half the pan. <laughs> Luckily, nothing bad happened. That's a felony, by the way. Is it? Oh, yeah. When you spike somebody's brownies yeah. and you don't tell them, that's a felony. Yeah. That's a felony. Uh, let's see. Barfing Chicken says, Mobetta sucks at chicken and the max salad is mid. No, oh, stop. I'm sorry. Stop, the max dude. salad at Mobetta's is a mid. Listen, if you want to criticize their chicken, okay. Like their, their chicken, their steak is really good. Didn't get it. But their teriyaki, or excuse me, their terry chicken. Yeah. I mean, it's it's Zogs, dude. It is so I'm good. I'm sorry. Did you just say it's Zogs? What? Gonzaga. <laughs> Gonzaga. It's so good. Gonzaga. It's so good. Uh, NY Monty fan says, just going to tell you whenever I get sick, I eat pho. Six, eight hours later, feel like a champ. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, rule, uh, Eric and Raleigh says, rules for thee, freedom for me. Exactly right. <laughs> um, Salty Drunk says, speaking of brownies, I got to read a magazine. Uh, what? I don't understand. Uh, what you I, mean. I don't understand that one. What Sorry, are you buddy. talking about? You're in a bad mood today. Jake Dane says, the only thing the LDS church taught me, uh, what is how to be a good liar. Oh, ow. Good Lord, bro. Damn. That was, that Sorry was, you're offended by that. That was harsh. Damn. Uh, Boyd Lake said it never felt good just breaking the rules. Other things about those actions make it feel good, but never the rebellion by itself. <laughs> well, it depends on what you're feeling and what rule you're breaking yeah. as to, you know, what, what exactly are you, what are you, are you, are you like <coughs> feeling? <laughs> you know. See, uh, you know. Don't, no, Josh, it's foe. Don't start with, oh, is it foe or is it foe? Gonzaga. Gonzaga. Is it, is, <laughs> Gonzaga. It's Foe. Damn it. It is foe. Drop the kids off at the pool. Okay. Salty drunk. Okay. Okay. You know. uh, when I'm sick, it's chicken noodle soup from Chick-fil-A for me every time. Ooh, their soup is good. Yes, yes, yes. Greg Hale says, you guys you guys talking about Betos makes me need to have it this morning. So now I'm late for work, my well, guy. We all make choices my guy, in life. See? see, again, what does it feel like to break the rules? I mean, is it a, is it a thrill? Is it a rush? 
Are you a guy that likes breaking? Because you never follow any rules at all. What do you it's mean? So, we just had this conversation yesterday. How do I not follow rules? You do not have deal breakers in your life. Okay. And I'm a big believer you got to have deal breakers. Uh -huh. you got to have deal breakers. Uh -huh. Snuka says, as the other Tongan in the chat, Mo Betta's is fire. Thank, Thank you, you, Snuka. Thank you. Thank See what you. I mean? Like, I'm telling you, when I go there, it's a regular plate, which, I, by the way, I also think is funny. Like, you get a styrofoam box, like a normal to-go box, and they call it a plate. It's a regular plate with double mac salad, one scoop of brown rice, chicken terry, and some terry sauce on the brown rice. Hell out of my chat with it's not good. <laughs> Look at you defending Come on. our guys. Come I on. love it. I absolutely lo love it. Uh, it's F-U, barfing chicken says exactly right. Uh, Eric in Raleigh says it's go faga, go fa gone foga, gone go faga, uh, maybe. Uh, <laughs> Josh Levern says, gone faga. Gonzaga. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Jake Dane says, there's a restaurant down here in Orem called Faux King. Okay. Get it? Faux King? Right. Faux King. Right, I get I'm gonna it. I'm going to go yeah. home and Faux King right. my, with my wife. Right, yeah. You know. Ah, <laughs> uh, salty drunk says Jake. I got to ask, man, are you getting some again? Your mood is, it, it has done a 180. Yeah, why don't you tell maybe, the fine maybe audience? Not. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, we're talking Friday. <laughs> we're talking Friday. That's where it's at. You make my head hurt. Here we go. You cannot we go. go back. It's over. I know. Mammoth, go back. Guy, Tahoe, it's go not, back. That's not how it works. Denver, go Dude, back. That's not how it Switzerland, works. Switzerland, go it, back. You, you make yes, it, it is. Out, you make it out like she's got to go on every trip or like... Like, that's not how it works. So let me get this right. You're going to date like, a girl it, it and go on amazing snowboarding trips, and she ain't going to come with you. Not on every single oh, one. Come no. Come on, man. Come no, on. No. She's you not. can't do that. Brent Burnett says, Jake dating again. Somebody, please. Jesus set you, Christ. If a listener sets you up on a blind date, will you go? I don't know. It depends. On what? What I know about the person. What are you so annoyed about right because now? Because there's always, like, you have these standards. We're just so different on it. You know, like, we're very, very different on it. Different on what? Like, there's nothing that says I can't go on snowboarding trips if I want to go on snowboarding trips. Nothing. She will be pissed. Okay, no, she won't. Okay. She won't. Like when you, you say she won't, she that's won't you saying pissed. she will be pissed quietly no, inside. Yes, she will. And there's no worse way to be pissed or resentful than quietly alone in your own soul. Right. That's the worst. Right. Kurt Meyer says Mammoth is back. Yeah, they're open. Yeah. You know, we're trying. We're le we're legit trying to go next week. Shred the slopes, then the sheets. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, come on. Somebody needs to set my guy up on a blind date. A legitimate hey. She's attractive. Jake needs somebody in her early 30s, career-minded, preferably well set up, that's not crazy. That's all I'm at. Is that, is that too much to ask? crazy. I didn't say she was crazy. You're projecting my request right, onto somebody else. Right. I never okay. said she was crazy. Right. She's not crazy. Right. Your ex is not crazy. Uh -huh. But she's your ex, and now you need to find uh -huh. your why. Right. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Uh, let's see. Blind dates require time-stamped pictures. Yes, they do. Yeah. Yes, they do. Yeah. Salty Drunk says, lower the bar and just tap anything with a heartbeat, bro. <laughs> I'm not that guy. You are that guy, though. No, I'm not. You would like to be that guy. Uh, yeah, you would. 
Um, let's see. Uh, NY Monty fan says, listen to your father, yeah, Jake. You should. Know. He's right about everything. But, and, but I'm not wrong when it we comes to it. dating. Uh, you but can that doesn't mean that. Okay. That doesn't mean though that I shouldn't be able to live my life a little bit. No, do you what should. I want to do. Like, you should go make your mistakes. Like I'll go to mammoth. You go make your mistakes. Okay, but it doesn't need to be that way. Like you're making it that way. It doesn't no, need to be that way. I'm not. Uh, David Hume says, stand your ground, Jake. She doesn't have to go every time. If she's mad, then she's gone. Yeah, that's what I'm but saying. But you won't make her gone. Like, dude. We'll just disagree. Yeah, all all I'm that's saying fine. is. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's nothing wrong with disagreeing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I You know, Monty with the algebra joke. It was. I don't know if it was an algebra joke. I didn't joke. catch that. I don't know. I didn't catch that either, but I did catch football at 50, 10 of the hour, every hour. <laughs> We're going to have to, I'm just, I'm keeping the receipts. I, yeah, that's all I'm saying. Yeah, I'm keeping fine. the receipts. Make your crow sandwich. Make your crow sandwich. No, you're going to make the crow sandwich. You're going to eat it too. I, 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 there's a lot of things I'm wrong about. Big time life decisions involving the female orifice. I am not wrong about. Okay. I think I just said female. Yeah. Okay. Football yeah. 50, 10 of the hour, every hour on the Monty show. We bring you the biggest stories in sports. Um, really, it's the biggest stories in football. And today, it is Tommy and Jizzy's rock-solid prenup. Jake? Yeah. You're about to screw your life up. Are you yeah. going to get a prenup? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Are you going to get a prenup? I'm, not yet. Nah, you don't need a prenup. You, no. you don't own anything. Yeah. I'm broke. I'm a joke. We get it. Broke is a joke, yo. Uh, Tommy and Jizzy had a rock-solid prenup that allows Tom Brady to keep their home on Billionaire Island. Bunker. Billionaire Bunker? Who cares? Billionaire something or other. Uh, Tom Brady gets to keep that house. Giselle gets to keep the condo in Manhattan, as well as the vacation home in Costa Rica. Mm -hmm. She gets to keep the one and a quarter million dollar home that she bought. Three bedrooms, three baths in Miami Beach that she's going to use as an office. And she's bought another home. I mean, how much is too much? When I, I mean, are you kidding me? How many houses do these people make? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I <clears throat> you were just saying yesterday, like if you won, like if you win the lottery, right? Like I think we all agree that we would want a couple of houses, right? You like you'd want a house like where you like to go vacation. So I'll just use Maui as an example. You know, wherever your spot is. So like one house in Maui. Got to keep your crib in Salt Lake City, but then I think you probably want one more. Like in the in the in the prenup, they have like a condo in New York City or like an apartment or whatever that they you know co-owned or whatever that they have to figure out. Like I like I think that's what most people would do if they had that kind of money. If I win the lottery tomorrow, by the way, do you guys want us to get more lotto tickets? We've talked about one point five billion now. Nobody won the Powerball last night. One point five billion. Uh, if I won that money, I would have a home on the water in Huntington Beach. I would have, I would probably move full time up to Park City. Mm -hmm. I know the exact building I'd want to live in, in Park City. Um, I would probably move up full time to Park City. And I would keep my townhouse in South Jordan and, and rent it. Mm -hmm. And my guess is I'd probably buy a flat in London as well. And I so would that's travel. What I'm saying, how much is too much? They don't have too much, in my opinion. But they got a lot. Yeah. By the way, off the top of your head, now I know you know already, but uh, Tom Brady's worth $333 million. Yeah, I felt like this number was really low for Tom. I don't know why. I don't have for a good Tommy? reason. Yeah, I just felt like this was a low number. I, I felt like he was... 
pushing a billion, but I guess not. I just think NFL guys don't make enough money for Tommy to be a billionaire. Yeah. Now, Giselle's Bunchton is the highest paid model in the world, which is why she's worth $400 million. Together, they were worth $733 million, and they got divorced. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Seven, I said seven. You were with some, and this is what I always tell you about the host. Your partner in life needs to be an equal partner. Mm-hmm. $733 million they were worth combined. Yeah. That's crazy, dude. Absolutely crazy. Uh, Brett Burnett says, prenup matters in the sense that it's defined how they would exit without having to argue over everything. Hard to be rational when people leave a relationship uh, to do it while heads are thinking straight. I think you should do that. I think they are. I think you should do that. Uh-huh. When you're not rational okay. over relationships and whatnot. Yeah. Too, too much? Uh, Teddy Wayman says, yeah, Brady has a $350 million contract with Fox waiting on him. Yeah, I don't yeah, think he's going to. I don't think he's going to struggle and stuff, you know. Uh, Brett Burnett says, overrated model. She's the highest paid model in the world. You know, like it, it is what it is. Seth Anderson says, Jizzy is a fun name. Yeah. It is. Uh, but the Washington Commanders is not a fun name. The U.S. Attorney's Office in... The Eastern District is investigating the Washington Commanders, Daniel Snyder and his wife and their ownership group for financial improprieties surrounding testimony by a former employee in front of Congress where that employee said, yeah, the uh, Washington Commanders have uh, two sets of books. Allegedly, they have two sets of books. One is a Cook's set of books that they send to the NFL and one is a legit set that they keep private, which means they're underreporting their revenue. So that they can keep more money. But if they're not reporting it correctly to the NFL, how can they report it correctly to the IRS? They're not. They're not. And uh, allegedly they're not. Yeah. And now the uh, U.S. Attorney's Office uh, is investigating. Yeah. And on top of this, the news comes that Daniel Snyder has hired Bank of America. Yeah. To search for a buyer and give a valuation of the Washington Commanders. And search for a buyer for that team. Is he only selling the team so he can afford the financial penalty he's going to face? Yeah, probably. I would think so. I mean, you know that, you know, once that once they know you have two sets of books, it's over. Because now they're they're getting deep into the financials and they can see everything. And, like, that. that's how you know you're in trouble. So I don't think this was any surprise. And this is on the heels of 20 years or however, how long it's been with him owning the team of, you know, the sexual improprieties and the cheerleading scandals and all the stuff that he's done and it just is it's a it, that organization has always been a blight on the face of the NFL like they need to move him along a blight on the face of the NFL okay um football 50 10 in the hour every hour on the Monty show is presented by our good friends at Papa Murphy's Pizza Make sure you use the promo code MONTY25, MONTY25, uh, to get 25% off your purchase of $25 or more. Shams Charania tweeting, first time ever, all 15 NBA games on Monday will be available to watch for free on the new NBA app. All 30 teams are playing November 7th ahead of Tuesday's day off. Um, Yeah, by the way, the league will not have any activities and it will be an off day on Tuesday for voting because they are trying to encourage people to vote. Yeah. 
Um, have you downloaded, by the way, have you downloaded the NBA app at all? Have you looked no, at that? No, I haven't. It's been, I, I used to have it and it's really buggy. Yeah. It is really buggy. So I have struggled, but they're saying every game will be available for free on the NBA app. Yeah. I mean, I think that's great. Wait, is that streaming on a mobile phone? Amazing how that works, Ryan Smith. You know. Uh, Snyder sounds like he's a mobster. Worse. He is. Yeah. Um, let's see. Westbrook is becoming a favorite. So just when you uh, use his name as such. Yeah. Uh, did you guys see the Lakers last night? The Lakers won their second straight game. Um, and last night, LeBron James was terrible. Oh, he's sick, by the way, which is it's legitimately it's been verified. He is dog sick. Oh, of seven from three. They shot 10 of 36 from three last night and somehow won. Uh, because Lonnie Walker, the fourth was five of nine for three for 28 points. He led the Lakers. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Davis had 20 LeBron had 20 and then they got 13 off the bench from Russell Westbrook. But really the guy that won them the game was Matt Ryan. Uh, not the quarterback, Matt Ryan, right? Not Matty Ice, the other white guy, right? uh, Who was driving for Uber eats one year ago, hit a big three out of the corner to send it to overtime. The Lakers won it. Yeah. Do the Lakers turn the corner at some point, or is this just? Well, they're saying luck? they're turning the corner, but I don't. It's taking, you know, Uber drivers making shots for you to win games. Like, <laughs> yeah. By the way, it's eight o'clock on the Monty Show, presented by our good friends at the Advocates, UtahAdvocates.com. If you need an injury attorney, whether that be, oh, I don't know, uh, workman's comp. Did you get hurt on the job? Did you trip and fall? Did you have a workplace injury? Don't trust your comp insurance. Don't trust your company. Get somebody that's going to represent you, who's going to fight for what you need. They'll defer your medical bills. There are never any consultation fees or big retainers. At The Advocates, you don't pay them until they win your case. Get with them right now online, utahadvocates.com. What did you make of this Kyrie apology? Did you see this yesterday? Uh, Kyrie Irving, this is as much of an apology as I think you're going to get from Kyrie on this anti-Semitic and I'm not going to say the name of the book in the movie. And he retweeted a book in a movie and tweeted about it. And it was, it is horrifically, graphically anti-Semitic. Kyrie said, quote, I oppose all forms of hatred and oppression and stand strong with communities that are marginalized and impacted every day. Kyrie Irving continued, I am aware of the negative impact of my post towards the Jewish community and I take responsibility. I do not believe everything said in the documentary was true or reflects my morals or principles. I am a human being learning from all walks of life and I intend to do so with an open mind and a willingness to listen. So from my family and I, we meant no harm to any one group, race or religion of people and wish to only be a beacon of truth and lights. That's Kyrie Irving. And he and the Brooklyn Nets will both donate $500,000 to charities that support groups. And I say, right, that's cool and everything, but where's the I'm sorry? Because this is not an apology. Mm -hmm. This is not the end. This is the beginning. And I will again say about Kyrie Irving, how he is still on the Brooklyn Nets, who he just cost $500,000. That's not nothing money, and I don't care how much you have. 500 is a lot of money. How did the Brooklyn Nets not cut him? 
Because we told you on Monday, sources told us that they had considered it but decided against it when the NBA came back and said there will be no punishment for Kyrie's tweets. This is not an apology. This is a statement of please don't keep bringing this up in press conferences. Because again, I say, his deal with the media the other day is far more you know, exacerbating of the problem than, than the tweet. If he had just, because remember, he tweeted about this book of movie, book and movie, that is egregiously, disgustingly anti-Jewish and anti-Semitic. Terrible. And then he was asked about it by Nick Friedle. Listen to this exchange between Kyrie Irving and Nick Friedle. Why did you decide to promote something that Alex Jones said? That was a few weeks ago. I do not stand with Alex Jones' position, narrative, court case that he had with Sandy Hook or any of the kids that felt like they had to relive trauma or parents that had to relive trauma or to be dismissive to all the lives that were lost during that uh, tragic event. My, my post was a post from Alex Jones that he did in the early 90s or late 90s about secret societies in America of occults, and it's true. So I wasn't identifying with anything of being a, campaigning, a campaignist for Alex Jones or anything. I was just there to post, and it's funny, and it's actually hilarious because out of all the things I posted that day, that was the one post that everyone chose to, chose to see. It just goes back to the way our world is and works. I'm not here to complain about it, I just exist. And to follow up on the promotion of the movie and the book. Can you please stop calling it a promotion? What am I promoting? Put it out on your platform. But I'm promoting it? Do you see me doing, do you see By me in front of the, it out there, the people title? are going to say that you are Yeah, I put promoting. it out there just like you put things out there, right? Yeah, but I, okay. I, it's not You put stuff. things out there for a living, right? Right, but my Great. stuff is Great. not so let's move on. filled let's with anti-Semitic Let's stuff. move on. Don't dehumanize me up here. I, I'm, not, I'm not doing I'm that. You're free being. to post I can what, post whatever I want, so say what, that and shut it down and move on to the next question. But Kyrie, you have to understand that by I don't have post, to understand anything from you. But, but it's not me. Nothing. By it's no people that you're making up, bro. Move on. But by posting what you did. Move on, next question. Anybody Do you guys have any more questions? And for they're me? gonna say, "You guys have any more questions?" Because this is gonna be a clip. Beliefs. This is gonna be a clip that he's gonna marvel at. Is this any more questions? But you're not answering the question. Oh, this, this is another answering your question. Oh my God! Let's make another Instagram clip so we could be famous again. Next question. Kyrie basketball related. I mean, that's embarrassing. You're and that, that is Kyrie at his worst. And I, what do you mean? How am I promoting it? You tweeted about that book and movie yeah. that is full of anti-Jewish, anti-Semitic rhetoric. What do you mean? How are you promoting it? Like this is the problem that I have with athletes who want these big platforms. They don't want to be held accountable for it. And then he says, "I'm not going to delete the tweet." And uh, and then what did he do? He met with the Nets, and I think the Nets said to him, "If you're not going to delete that tweet, we have to release you." Yeah. And I think he, de- that's why he deleted that tweet. And I think now you're seeing that not only did he delete the tweet, not only has he donated half a million dollars, now he's released a statement um, that I don't think is an apology. This is not an apology, and I'm not going to read it word for word again. But he said, I'm aware of the negative impact of my post towards the Jewish community, and I take responsibility. What does that mean, you take responsibility, that you're paying $500,000? Because that's not an apology. People need to hear Kyrie Irving come out and say, hey, I'm sorry, or this was a mistake, or, but he won't do that. Yeah. And so I ask, why would the Lakers be interested in this guy? How many times is this guy going to torpedo his own value? It's amazing. 
to attack a guy like Nick Ferdell for whatever you think about Nick Ferdell, he's a fine NBA journalist. He really is. He was asking the right questions. Nobody was dehumanizing you, bro. Like I just the whole thing is so ridiculous. How the NBA chose not to punish Kyrie Irving for this is beyond me. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just a bad look overall. I mean, for Kyrie, for the Nets, for the NBA, like I think it just speaks to culture in the league right now. And I think that, you know, it it it's still a case where performance trumps any kind of, you know, sexual issues, anti-Semitic issues, racial issues, like like how many issues are in the league right now where it's like, oh yeah, because this guy uh, was a great coach. Uh, yeah, we don't have to worry about those heinous texts he sent or, you know, the affair he had or anything like that. We don't have to worry about Kyrie Irving tweeting, you know, for the 50th time today, you know, and that his 50th tweet happened to be anti-Semitic, like, and that's that's what I when I saw this come out and I saw that they made the payments, I was just like, all right, cool. Here's a five hundred dollar donation to make this story go away. A five hundred thousand yeah. dollar donation to make this story go away. Because that's what happens. Like, oh, like, oh yeah, you paid five hundred dollars five hundred thousand dollars each, so a million bucks, and you issued in a statement where you say, Oh, I took respond I'm taking responsibility. He notice he's just saying, I understand, I acknowledge the negative impacts. But I'm not sorry for those negative impacts. And I, you know, I, I take responsibility. Well, and here's the other thing. Caleb says, people are people. Sometimes we make mistakes. Nobody's perfect. This isn't a mistake. You don't, and, and, and I think this is what you're referring to. And if I'm wrong, I apologize. Kyrie Irving tweeting about a, a book and a movie that espouses and has graphic, flagrant, terrible anti-Jewish rhetoric in it is not a mistake. He knew what that was. He knew what that was. Note the original question from the reporter. Why are you retweeting and supporting Alex Jones? Alex Jones, like the the conspiracy theorist. The guy who's paying a billion dollars to Sandy Hook victims? That guy? Why are you why is Kyrie Irving tweeting about that's not a mistake? That this is not this is a pattern. This is who he is now. There's no other way to get around that. And it's social media and you're a huge star. You want all that bread, but you don't want all that responsibility. And I'm sorry, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. It does not work that way. Eric and Raleigh says, uh, Kyrie Irving's a petulant child. Um, Brent Burnett says, Irving is childish, but the reporter is so irritating. Hold that reporter accountable. Best thing is not to report nonsense, but but reporting love to, to flamethrower. I don't understand what you mean the reporter's irritating. Should they have not asked him about that? Yeah, what, what is he supposed to do? I mean, is he supposed to just let Kyrie Irving, you know, shut him down and, act, and, and just accept this dehumanizing crap? Like, nobody's dehumanizing Kyrie Irving. Yeah, what does that mean? That, and I, I want to put, how is the reporter, Nick Ferdell from ESPN, how is Nick Ferdell being at all wrong or irritating in this situation? Why did you decide to promote something that Alex Jones said? That was a few weeks ago. I do not stand with Alex Jones' position, narrative, court case that he had with Sandy Hook or any of the kids that felt like they had to relive trauma or parents that had to relive trauma or to be dismissive to all the lives that were lost during that uh, tragic event. My, my post was a post from Alex Jones that he did in the early 90s or late 90s about secret societies in America of occults and it's true. So 
I wasn't identifying with anything of being a campaigning, a campaignist for Alex Jones or anything. I was just there to post. And it's funny, and it's actually hilarious because out of all the things I posted that day, that was the one post that everyone chose to, chose to see. It just goes back to the way our world is and works. I'm not. It's not how the way the world is and works. You, you, okay, so wait, let me get this right. So the Alex Jones tweet was about the new world order and, okay, great. Whatever. That's one tweet. Okay. This whole Jewish documentary tweet, that's the one tweet we chose to see. That's not the one tweet we chose to see. You retweeted and tweeted about anti-Jewish rhetoric that is heinous and ugly. Like, yeah, I just, I don't think the reporter did anything so wrong, then, Brent then, Burnett. But, but like, wait, we're missing the other half. So, And then you're going to get pissed at reporters yes. for asking that question. Like, that's like, it's not like he said, hey, hey, Kyrie, why are you anti-Semitic? Okay, I could have an issue with that question because you're projecting on someone. Okay, I, okay. That's not what the question was. The question was, why did you tweet about Alex? Why did you retweet something about you know, New about, World about Order New from World Alex or Jones. From Alex Jones. And that, by like, the way, Brent is saying media likes to ask and report on fires they start or continue put. No, that's completely yeah, wrong. That's garbage. This is the first time he made himself available to the media. Are they not supposed to ask about that? We're just not supposed to ask about this is what's wrong in Salt Lake City right yeah. here, right now. Yeah. People don't ask difficult questions. They don't hold athletes to account. This isn't Nick Ferdell pouring, you know, gas on a fire. This is not. He asked a simple question. And Kyrie Irving got pissed that he was asked that question because how dare you? Like when he didn't want to talk about not being vaccinated. He got all upset and he goes yeah, to the question. yeah. Don't dehumanize me yeah, up here, bro. Privacy. Next question. Yeah. Hey, why didn't you get? Why didn't you get vaccinated? Hey, please request my privacy. Well, you know they are paying you thirty, forty million dollars a year, and now they're you can't play those games. He didn't want to talk. But please respect my privacy. Yeah, please respect my privacy. Next question. This is not the reporter's fault. The reporter did his job. And don't and and, and I'm sorry, Brent, that we're going in on you, but you, you you've kind of created this like. The next comment about how the reporter's creating the issue. The reporter's not creating no. any issue, dude. Like, the question wouldn't be asked if Kyrie Irving hadn't tweeted about, you know, and again, it should be noted, the New World Order stuff is totally passable. Notice notice that that was just the original question, and he just asked a very basic, like, hey, why did you tweet about that? That's not some kind of fire, like, you know, stir-the-pot question. Like, Twitter in the NBA is the primary communication tool for players. Yes. Like, it's not Instagram or Facebook or, you know, TikTok or Snapchat. It is Twitter. So, like, when when Kevin Durant, like, I, this is what I love. We're so quick when Kevin Durant is on, is on Twitter and he's being soft to be like, oh, Kevin Durant's soft and he's terrible and he's, you know, he, he lets everything get to him. But then you want to defend a guy like Kyrie Irving? You want to defend a guy that tweeted about anti-Semitic stuff? Like, Come on, man. Like, I, I don't understand, like, how you can believe that Nick Fried, Nick Friedel or Friedel, like, Friedel. did something wrong here, man. Like, come on. Yeah, I don't think he did anything wrong at all. I really don't. And the sad thing is that Kyrie Irving is one of the best basketball players in the world. And we're talking about the fact that he is anti-Semitic. You're one of the best basketball players in the world, and you don't want to be held accountable to tweets about, you know, anti-semitic content and, and why doesn't nike want to renew its deal with him and this is months ago now that nike has said they're not going to redo their deal with him and 
why have why did why did the Nets want to trade him and why like because he's a pain in the ass. Yeah. The guy is not worth the money you pay him. And you know like it's just it, it, all of this is just not wrong. It, it it the whole thing is wrong. These are not individual incidents. These are the picture of who he is and I always say this, your one-time incident. You don't meet racists when they, you know, you didn't become racist because you tweeted something. Yeah. You've always been racist. You made a mistake and tweeted it. Now everybody knows you're a racist. The most difficult racist and anti-Semitic people to deal with are the ones who hide in the shadows. And they don't tweet it. They don't talk about it. But they spend their money on it. They act on it. That's, that's what happened to Kyrie here. Kyrie's just getting exposed. We're just learning who he truly is. That's, that's the hard part here. Because you don't tweet what he tweeted. And then just like, oh, I'm not anti-Semitic. I didn't mean that. I'm sorry if I hurt somebody's feelings. But he didn't even say sorry. That's the thing. Yeah. Like, that's the incredible thing about the whole situation. Like, this is why I said yesterday on the show, Joe Sy, Kevin Durant, every player in that organization, like everybody in that organization who does not speak up and say, hey, bro, Kyrie should not be on this team anymore after everything we've gone through with him. Let's not forget about the Ramadan stuff. Let's not forget about the, you know, the 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 burning, whatever it was, sage in, in Barclays Center. Like, let's not forget about everything that this guy does. I don't have an issue with expressing your beliefs. I don't have an issue with doing what you need to do, right? Okay, I get it. You don't want to get vaccinated. Okay, then don't be upset and don't play the victim card when the Brooklyn Nets follow the state of New York's statutes and rules and what they can do that's why i have a problem with kyrie go and do what you want to do but you can't be upset with the nets for for following what they don't have a choice but to follow yeah that's and my again, problem brent you can just keep railing on nick Fredell. i think he did exactly what he should have done he did not dehumanize kyrie he did not attack kyrie Kyrie Irving doesn't want to take responsibility. And and somebody was saying it's the flashpoint right here. San Diego State said the flashpoint was when Irving reacted to the reporter using the word promoting. Kyrie says he wasn't promoting the book or the movie. But why did you tweet about it? And the guy's like, Kyrie says to Nick Friedle, the reporter, well, you tweet about things. Well, yeah, but that's his job is to use Twitter to tweet about the NBA. Yeah. So your job is to use Twitter to tweet about anti-Jewish rhetoric then that's what you're saying like it, it just doesn't make any sense like, you don't get to have it you, both ways you can side with or defend Kyrie all you want he was wrong here he was wrong Kyrie here. Irving let's be very clear what Kyrie Irving's paid to do Kyrie Irving's paid to put the ball in the hole right and I'm fine with dudes having beliefs and exercising those beliefs like I said I'm fine with that I'm perfectly cool with that but you can't you can't tweet something as one of the best basketball players of your generation, as someone who has millions upon millions of followers on Twitter, and then expect that your first media availability that you're not going to be asked about it. Yeah. And yeah, you are promoting it because you do have he was, like millions of followers. He was simply deflecting so that he didn't have to talk about the issue. This is this is the same thing. Like I love your I love your your point about. Hey, like you don't become racist when you tweet something, right? Like you, you, you were, you were racist or whatever your given issue is 
before the public knew about it. This is this is sideline reporter lady losing her job the other day. This is the Reds broadcaster dropping, I think it was an N-bomb when he thought the mic was cut and it wasn't. Like, this is what happens to people, man. And and I just, yeah. I don't know why we always go after the media. Like, notice, and, and we don't have to play it again, but in the clip, Nick Friedel is not getting all fired up, right? Notice his tone is calm. Notice he's not, like, yelling at Kyrie. But he's holding him to account for it. Like yep. that's just what's incredible to me. Greg Hawkins says Irving was just looking for something to latch onto to rationalize his outburst because the reporter gave him a difficult question. He did. He asked the right question. And as a, I think one of the things that people misunderstand all the time is your job as a reporter is not to ask you know softball questions. When Kyrie Irving, and he rarely meets with the media. So when Kyrie is sitting in front of you, you have to ask him why he tweeted that. Yeah. You have to. And I, it, it's why guys like Ryan Smith and Danny Ainge don't meet with the media regularly. They don't go and do interviews because they don't want to ask answer difficult questions. They don't. And it, it's just one of those things where, yeah, I don't know. And it's stuff like this. Brent Burnett says the media is evil, Jake. The media is not evil. It's not evil. The media is not evil. Caleb says, uh, as limited as Rudy Gobert is, at least he's humble enough to realize he made a mistake during the COVID thing and apologize. I would agree exactly. with that. Exactly. And, and what in, that's a great example. So then what ends up happening? Look at the series of events that ends up happening to Rudy Gobert. Beloved by the fan base. Absolute jazz legend slash hero slash, you know, one just a fan favorite because of that. And, and it's really unfortunate. Like, it seems like in the NBA right now, if you take accountability and you just simply apologize, that not the best stuff happens to you. But it seems like if you tweet things and you don't take accountability and you just cough up 500 Gs, like, okay, cool. It just goes away. All or, right, let's move on. Let's Everything's move on. great. Or, hey, by the way, the Celtics suspended you, but you, because you went to the NBA Finals as a Celtic in Boston and TD Garden... Yeah, because of that, we're, we're going to go ahead and hire you. And that's the thing I cannot get away from with all of this NBA stuff. All of these controversies are just swept under the rug. Like, Kyrie's going to get paid next year by somebody, probably the Lakers. Somebody. Ime yep. Yudoka is probably going to be the next coach of the Nets. And yet they do these, these heinous things and they commit these heinous crimes. And it's just not something that anybody seems to care about. Yeah. And I it, like it, even the rumors, just the notion that Primo would be signed by the Nets. Hasn't been signed, but just the notion that they're considering that is incredible to me. Yep. Jazz lose last night, 103-100 uh, in Dallas. What did we learn about the team last night? I think one of the things we learned is that Will Hardy's a young coach. Um, I think rotations have to improve. Um, that's certainly one thing. I think this team is really tenacious defensively. They always play hard. I think we learned that last night. I think we learned they need to defend without fouling. And I think we learned that you need to find your alpha male. You need to find your number one. And I'm hoping it's Laurie Markkinen because I think Laurie Markkinen is a guy who's fully capable of it, Jake. I think he is your best player, and I, I'm curious why they're not running more sets for him. Yeah, I mean, I think that the net, or the the Jazz are, are a team that, that play a lot of free-flowing basketball. And I think that, you know, someone like Laurie is who, you know, obviously is, you know, 6'10", 7-foot, like, skilled guy for his size, but not the fastest guy on the court ever, like, when you when you have a guy like that who can really shoot it at his size, I don't know that you traditionally speaking would run a lot of sets for him. But I look at this Jazz team and I say, yeah, like he's one of your best players. He's somebody who contributes on a nightly basis. Now last night 
he struggles, right? And, and I think this, this is where the rubber meets the road on running sets for him. When, when one of your key contributors, somebody who you would count on for 20 points a night on any given night, is struggling because every guy has those off nights. Yep. So when he's struggling, I would also advocate run a set for the guy. Get him to the free throw line. See the ball. Like, allow him to see the ball go through the hole. Because what's funny is once that happens, like, let's say he goes to the rack, gets fouled, splits the free throws. Okay, better than nothing, but still struggling. Then you run a set for him, knocks it in from the elbow. Real easy, gets a nice wide open look. Now, all of a sudden, he's confidently stepping into that three. Now, all of a sudden, the pick and roll gets a little easier, gets a little smoother. And that's why I'm saying this is where Will Hardy's, you know, uh, lack of experience, if you will, as a head coach comes into play. Because those little minutia details about, like, how to get a guy going or, like, how, who's who's the guy coming off the bench tonight that that is going to get us going? Who's the guy that I can bring off the bench that's going to help me keep a 15-point lead against Dallas who's got basically one guy every single night you know is going to get his, right? Like, that's yeah. those are the little things that Will Hardy just has to keep improving on. I think he's done a fantastic job. I think he has absolutely obliterated expectations through the first, you know, what are they at, eight games or whatever they're at, nine games. You yeah, know? I think he. I think Will Hardy's done a great job. I do think there's a learning curve, and I do think we're starting to see a little bit of that curve, but... I think you have to I think you have to establish who your number one guy is. And I think one of the other questions that came out of last night for me is does Jordan Clarkson need to be a starter or a sixth man? Because I think your point about who comes off the bench to get you to get you buckets, who's that bucket getter off the bench, I don't necessarily believe that that's Colin Sexton's best role. And I do think it is what Jordan Clarkson is. He's a, an award-winning sixth man in this league. Why change that? For my money, I would be starting Colin Sexton. Now, size clearly is an issue. Dallas used their size last night, and I thought size was a was an advantage for them at times. Physicality was an advantage for the Dallas Mavericks last night. But I also think that Jordan Clarkson still, to me, even three weeks into the season, feels uncomfortable as your starting two guard. I don't have any problem with Mike Conley being your one. I don't know that Colin Sexton's the best option to be your starting two guard. I don't know at this point. But what I do know is... This team, I think, is better served by having, you know, Jordan Clarkson come off the bench. I also think that Laurie Markkinen needs to be featured as your number one. You need to design sets for him. Because when this game was on the line, you had guys like Sexton and Clarkson missing layups. You win the game if that happens. You had dumb fouls being committed. You win the game if that doesn't happen. You have a guy like Jared Vanderbilt, and Vando, I thought, played fantastic defense at times last night but they were switching Vanderbilt off of Luka in the pick and roll, and you didn't really have an answer for that. You got to figure that out if you're going to win games because the truth about this game last night in Dallas was the Jazz had that game in their hands. Whether it was the 15-point lead or down the stretch you were trading baskets, the Jazz simply didn't have a go-to guy to get them a bucket when they needed it, and it's ultimately why the Dallas Mavericks won the game last night. Yeah. And if you're a Jazz fan, I'd be encouraged, not discouraged, by what you saw from them last night. Yeah, I 100% agree, 100%. Uh, let's see, uh, D. Rosad, D. Rosad said, uh, morning, guys. Hel hello. Hey, guys. Good to see you. Uh, Caleb says, Lori is very efficient around the rim, and he's a really good free throw shooter. Yeah. I'd like to see them default to getting fouled and going to the basket. Going to the basket, get fouled, go to the line. Never Be go wrong. I just think it's never, I don't think it's ever the wrong answer. 
Jake Sperling says, also, honestly, Vando looks incredible. That no-look pass to Clarkson, the hustle. If that P.J. Tucker corner three is real, he suddenly has insane value. I agree with that. Yeah, He's got to work on that three. I mean, it's in there. It's just awkward right now. But yeah, absolutely, I think it's real. There, there's, no jo- there's no doubt about that. Uh, Jake Gordon, good morning to you, Jake. He says, if your professional option, if the Jazz are going to do a trade, who are some people they should look at? Um, I mean, that's really hard to answer. I, I mean, this goes back to what we talked about yesterday on the show. Are the Jazz buyers or sellers at the deadline? I'm here to tell you they should absolutely be sellers. Um, I think Malik Beasley has tremendous value. They could have traded him long ago and chose not to, and now I think we understand why. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I think Beasley, Clarkson are absolutely guys they can send out. If you're making trades at the deadline with your veterans, you're you're targeting draft picks. I mean, it's that simple. And I I don't know their appetite. Because reports have varied. I mean, I, I, I will again tell you, I've spoken to people at the Jazz who have told me the Jazz walked away from the Lakers on a deal. But if, if you listen to other reports, I think Jake Fisher at Bleacher Report is saying that the Jazz have far more interest in a Russell Westbrook trade than the Lakers do. I don't know that that's true. I don't believe that to be true. I've, I've been told by the Jazz directly that Russell Westbrook would never suit up for this team. I've also been told that Ryan Smith wants nothing to do with improving the Lakers now or in the future ever. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I I can only go on based on what I've been told by my Jazz sources and NBA sources have told me that the Jazz would would have liked to to have been in a situation where they could buy out Westbrook for that cap space. My feeling is that the Jazz and the Lakers could have done a trade multiple times now and they simply have not. My guess is that... They have built relationships across the NBA. I still maintain that there are deals to be done out there for Conley. There are deals to be done for Beasley, certainly. I think Clarkson. I absolutely think that Rudy Gay is a guy that's got value to contending teams. There is no question about that. I think Rudy Gay back to Memphis makes a lot of sense to me. Um, I think you have got to find knockdown three-point shooters if you're the Lakers. I think all of those guys make sense to the Lakers. I also think if you look out east, I think Philadelphia has a lot of reason to want a guy like a Malik Beasley uh, or a rotational guard like a Jordan Clarkson. But I, I wonder what the, the Jazz appetite are to send these players out into the these, the Western Conference. It, it still makes no sense to me that you traded Boyan Bogdanovich to Detroit. <laughs> and the only reason you made that trade was to put your thumb in the eye of the Lakers. Bonnie, please. That's the only thing that makes sense because yeah. Bogdanovich and Beasley should be wearing purple and gold right now, mm-hmm. and you should have their two draft picks, but they're not. And I don't quite understand why that deal didn't get done. Yeah. So I think there's a lo- there's a lot of questions. I don't know that you can say who that as a player the Jazz should target. Yeah, I don't think there's a player. Like I don't think that that's how it. it that's not really how it works in these situations. Like it's not. Like for the Jazz, when you're in the position they're in, you're not saying, "Hey, there's one like there's one guy I have to go and get." Like I think what you're doing is you're saying, "All right, who's got the best available trade assets?" That happens to be the Lakers right now, which is why they're connected and linked and have been for so long. And you're also going to get an avalanche of calls on guys. Like you know, obviously, I think it was Shams was saying that they're getting a lot of calls or whatever. Like you're, yeah, you're going to get a lot of calls, and I think you. Luckily, you get to pick what you want to deal with. So that you have to also consider that. Yeah, I I think, man, that's an interesting point. 
You have to consider, there's a lot to consider. I, I don't, the question becomes this whole tank or not tank. I think there's no doubt that you're not tanking. I mean, if you look at, yeah. if you look at, if you win more than 20 games, you're probably not getting VW. I mean, 20 would be the maximum. Well, let me, let me say this though. You're probably not getting VW either way, right? We're all on the same page yes, about that, correct. right? Like 14% odds to get VW in perfect world. So you're probably not getting them either way. And that's why I've always said, whether you believe they're tanking or they're not tanking is irrelevant. What's relevant is they they shouldn't tank based on the numbers. That's not an opinion. That's odds. That's numbers. That's percentages. 14% out of, so what is it? What is that? 86% of the time, I guess that'd be. I'm terrible at math, but 86% of the time, you're not going to get VW if, you, if you're in the number one slot. Right or if you know if you're you're not going to get the number one pick, yeah. it, you know. It, so that's what I'm saying. Like it just doesn't it just doesn't pan out. I just don't believe in operating your entire organization, your entire existence for a 14 percent opportunity to get one guy that everyone says is the Jesus Christ of basketball. But I don't even believe that that's the truth. I don't even believe the guy can take you to the NBA Finals on I mean, his own. Your, your best odds are, what, 14%? That's what I'm saying. Like you, You're basically saying, hey, we're willing to, to lose all these games and we're willing to, to have our, our jersey sales take a hit and have the, have the ticket sales take a hit. And like we're willing to be god-awful for an 86% chance not to get him. I think I think at this point if you win more than I mean just thinking about cuz the top 2 spots have and I can look that up. I think the top top 2 spots have 14% chance um in the NBA draft in fact I think it's the top 3 spots have 14%. So my guess is right now if you look at the standings and you think about just how bad the Houston Rockets are um, and I think Orlando is winless it, or they're one in seven. Houston's one in eight Sacramento and LA have two wins. Detroit and Brooklyn have two wins, but who's a real contender here? I, does anybody believe the Detroit Pistons are going to win less than 20 games? Is, is that right? I mean, they're terrible defensively. Let's yeah. be honest. Yeah. But I have to believe they'll win. Let's call it 15 games. I can't see the Orlando magic winning 15 games. I can't. I mean, they are, they can't score the ball at a level you need. Like, my guess is that. Like, listen to these probabilities, not to cut you off, but I, I just, just on a base percentage. Like, if we just take the team out of it, yeah. base percentage. So, the f number one overall pick, or the, actually the first three teams have a 14% chance. So, pick one, two, and three, you have a 14% chance, right? If you get those picks. Right, and then you go down. The fourth slot is twelve and a half percent. The fifth slot is ten and a half percent, and so on and so forth. And and that's why I say, like, I just I don't understand the concept of wanting to be bad and wanting to lose. It makes for, no sense for that. If that number was, let's say that number was fifty percent. Okay, all right, totally get it. We need to just trade all our talent and be terrible. Okay. Great. One out of every two times someone pulls a ping pong ball, I'm gonna I'm gonna get the number one overall pick. Okay, I can get down with that. But not fourteen percent. That just is yeah, not I don't, a doable I don't, number. I don't buy that at all. And I look at um I like the worst four teams in the NBA right now are probably the Sacramento Kings, 
the Houston Rockets, the Pistons, and the Magic. I would guess one of those four teams is going to get VW. I would guess. And my guess is the worst team in the NBA this year is probably going to be the Orlando Magic. Yeah. Just because I, I don't, they can't score and they can't stop people from scoring. So that's just my... I just, you have very little chance to win the lottery. What, are we even having this conversation? I just don't. I, I just don't. I don't get it. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Jake Sperling says, hilariously, Bancaro, Wagner, and Bull are like top five NBA three-man group right now. And they're terrible. Yeah. Like, Paulo Bancaro is a stud. But, I mean, like, you look at Cole Anthony, the guy can't stay healthy. Yeah. He's out. Um, you know, like, Franz Wagner is actually a really good player. Like, right now, you look at the Jazz, the current, just the current, based on the first nine games or whatever and where, kind of how that all pans out. You're looking at picking 12th overall via Minnesota, and then you're looking at picking 15th overall via Philly. So your next pick after that is 26th overall. That's your pick. Yeah, so, I don't see them in the lottery. I just, I, I with, like, and you don't need to be to get a great player. Uh, Brett Burnett says any team with under 25 wins has a, has, you're crazy. Nah, dude. You're, nah, that's just, nah. I don't see that. Like, and the other possible. thing too is every team that doesn't make the playoffs is in the draft lottery as well. Like, you're in the, you're in the running to get a ping pong ball. Yeah. I mean, the only way you're getting the number one overall pick is if you trade for it. Yeah. That's it. I mean, but and, that's my point. So that's kind of what I was getting to. You're at 12th overall right now. You have a stockpile of picks. I understand, like, a lot of them are not super valuable. Like, you probably have to put some players in that deal and figure it out. So, like, why not be good and try to leverage one of these bad teams to climb the draft board? Why would you not go that way? Yeah, because it's awfully difficult not to want the marketing dollars that come with Victor Wambanyama. Yeah. I mean, I think Just that's... Just that alone, I think, is attractive. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, let's see. The key is the team with the worst record guarantees top five. Yeah, I just don't think... You, again, you're talking about great odds. There's The worst team in the league's only got a 14% chance. Yeah. Like there's the, uh, that's not who this team is. It's not. Jaron Eccles says couldn't Danny just offer four picks to whoever uh gets the number one pick he that's could. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Why would you not just do a, a pick deal? Yeah, I, I would agree. Please give us a thumbs up if you're here watching the show. Um all hundred and twenty one of you, please give us a thumbs up. That would really help the channel grow. Um appreciate that. I, I, I don't know, man. I think this situation with the jazz is 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 very interesting. It's something we're going to follow. I think we're going to be talking about this all year long. Thanks to our friends at TridayTrading.com. TridayTrading.com presents all of your Utah jazz talk right here on The Monty Show. Hello, Harrington here. You know, I've been in the broadcast business going on 30 years now. And after that amount of time, you start to be able to pick some winners. I want to share a winner that I'm aware of with you, and that is my guys at Triday Trading. They're going to teach you how to trade, and then they're going to let you trade using their money and then split the profits with you. That's a pretty winning deal. If you want to register for a free webinar, all you have to do is go to trydaytrading.com slash Monty. So for more information, it's trydaytrading.com slash Monty. We'll see you there. Thank you very much, Alema Harrington. Trydaytrading.com slash Monty. I'm telling you guys, change your life. There's so little belief that your life can improve in the blink of an eye. You could wake up tomorrow and live a much better existence. But you have to take that leap of faith, right? You got to take that jump. And that first step is trydaytrading.com slash Monty. It's absolutely free. It costs you not a cent 
to watch a webinar that's going to tell you exactly what Tri-Day Trading is about and exactly what they're going to do for you. And if you've ever wanted to work for yourself, if you've ever wanted to be empowered, if you've ever wanted to make real money, man, and I'm talking about buy that house, that car, that vacation, send your kids to college, that real money that changes your life, why won't you go and watch a webinar for free that just takes a few minutes of your life? Go to TridayTrading.com slash Monty to get that done. Couple more comments on the Jazz. Riley O'Brien says, no one is trading the top two picks though. I agree with you, but those two uh, top two picks, the Jazz aren't trading for them in my opinion. Scoot Henderson and, and Victor Wambanyama, I think, are the, by far the two best players in this draft. Yeah. I, there's just no doubt. Now, it's deep. I absolutely think it's deep. And the Jazz will get a good player with all three of their picks if they, if they sit and stay there. Riley says, why wouldn't the number one picking team trade the pick? Because I, I think you're right. Why would they? There's no reason to well, trade think, a pick from Victor Wambanyama. You're terrible if you're, let's say, the Orlando Magic. If you can team Victor Wambanyama and Paulo Bancaro together, why wouldn't you do that? Yeah, well, I also think that it's situational. I mean, so like for the Magic, yeah, why wouldn't you do that? But like you look at a Rockets team or, or a Pistons team and you say, okay, yeah, we're not that far away. We're, we're one killer away from, from being a playoff team and we're probably two killers away from being, being a deep playoff team, you know? So like that's what I'm saying. Like if Danny can get on the phone and do what Danny does – and work out a deal where they can get like realistically like probably top 7 I think would be a win if cuz right now again remember your 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 first pick I believe is 12 I was saying yeah your first pick right now is 12 based on wins and losses and record that's obviously going to change that's where it sits right now but if you can get up to and again this is why the LA pick is so good right now New Orleans is picking at number 6 via LA by via the Lakers so that's what I'm saying like that pick is is really valuable. You really I mean, a guy want like that. a Greg Jackson from South Carolina comes to mind in that neighborhood. Like, there's a lot of talented players. Yeah, that'll be available to you. Yeah, I I just I agree. Why would you trade the number one pick if you got there? Jeremy says people overlooking all the studs in the draft don't f- focus just on VW. I agree with that. Uh, D Rose said D Rose said Rosad D Rosad, right. D-R-O-S-O-D, I can't say it. I don't think anyone with the number one pick is going to trade it. I don't think so either. Caleb says, Nick Smith, point guard out of Arkansas is not bad. A lot of good prospects, but you never pay play to lose. I agree. Well, and J- I think if you're the Jazz, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I think if you're the Jazz, like you can't miss this time. Like You got to hit. No, because you know you're not I mean? supposed to be in the... If you're in this position, if you're in this conversation, you're terrible. Yeah. And I don't think Ryan Smith is in this thing to be terrible. I don't. I still am. I'm, I'm in the group that believes in Ryan Smith wholeheartedly. Yeah. I buy into what Ryan Smith has done with this team. I really do. All right. 841 on the Monty Show. This hour of the show is presented by our good friends at Barbecue Pit Stop. Make sure you check them out online at bbqpitstop.com. Let's get into our non-sports stories of the day. Yeah. Are you a fan of Twitter? Like, tell me, what, what are your thoughts on Twitter? I just, I, so Elon Musk aside. Before Elon happened and we find ourselves where we are in current day. I yes. was never a huge fan of Twitter, like, overall. I always felt like Twitter was, you know, like, keyboard warrior guy, like, guy who just, guy who isn't interested in a quality, like, you know, genuine conversation. More just interested in hating or trolling or, like, you know, just being that kind of personality on Twitter. So that's why I don't use Twitter a lot. I use, I shouldn't say I don't use it a lot. I don't use it to talk to people a lot. I use Twitter 
to get information, to find out what's happening in the world, like who's saying what, what did Woj just tweet, like what is Shams tweeting, Rappaport, like to follow the news cycle basically in sports. That's what I use Twitter for. And so with Elon buying Twitter, it doesn't, it doesn't like, I'm not as outraged as other people, but I do very much stand with people when they say, yeah, Twitter's probably going to change a lot. Twitter's probably going to be quite a bit different. And I don't know what that looks like. I, you know, it's everything from money to the feel of it, to features. Like, Would you ever pay for it? Would you ever pay for Twitter or Instagram? Like, I can't, and, and the reason I ask this is Elon Musk has said that he is going to charge uh, as little as $8 a month, but probably $20 a month to have a verified blue check mark on Twitter. I would not pay for a blue check mark. No, I would not. I just don't, I don't know that it matters that much. I mean, for me, I'm, I'm a nobody on Twitter. Like, I have no reason to have a blue check mark. Yeah. Like, it just, it just doesn't matter to me. I, I could never see myself paying for it. But I think the, the problem is Twitter's lost that fun feeling. It's lost yes. that enjoyability. I don't really read my, my at replies very often. Um, I never check my inbox pretty rip. Maybe once a week I check my DMs. Like yeah. It's just frustrating because there's so much negativity on Twitter right now. And I, I, that's why I say I can't believe that I would ever be in a position where I could say to myself, yeah, I'm going to pay for Twitter. Yeah, let me give Elon that $20. Never. Yeah, I can't see that ever happening. No, it no just way. doesn't. And, and, and I don't know that, you know, to be honest, like, I don't know that there is a social media platform I would pay for, you know? Like, would you pay for, you know, some great feature on Instagram or, like, I, I don't think what so. What would it take for you to pay for it? That's I, a question. I don't you know. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't... Like, I get, I guess I find myself being the person, yeah, who uses social media. Like, Instagram is by far the one I use the most. And, and it's like, yeah, like, I use that, I think my screen time app or whatever it's called on iPhone said I use Instagram for, like, an hour a day maybe. You know, like, it's not wow. like I use it, like, a long time. You know, like, so that's what I'm saying. Like, it's just not that impactful to me. Like, I don't, there's not, a, it's missing. This is why I always say, it's missing the, the core inherent reason why I'd pay for something. Like, like. You, you, there's a reason you would go and get this car or that car. There's a reason that you would pay for, you know, uh, a, a toll pass on the freeway, right? There's that inherent reason. You want to get to work faster and have an easier commute. Yep. What is that on social media? But like, I, I don't know what that is on social media. I don't. Tom Basilius says Thursday night football picks over under against the spread. Well, I mean, is Philly's a 13 and a half point. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. That there's much to talk about. Yeah, what's the? <laughs> I mean, you're taking the you're taking the over in this game, and I think you're taking the Texans. I would probably play the money line, but that's just me. Uh, no, I would never pay for. I would never pay for Twitter, and I. Even what he said he was going to do, which is unlock, you know, former President Trump's account right away, and. Like he hasn't, he said that they were, you know, he was at one point saying he would unblock everybody who was banned, hasn't done that. Like, it's just interesting to see he's fired and laid off all of these employees. They put in immediately instituted a hiring freeze. Yeah. And it's just going to be a matter of what is he going to do? What, when is he going to take that big first step forward? Because what he's trying to do as a private company now is get off the reliance of advertisers. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know that you can do that. I think Twitter ads is going to be a huge part of it. Uh, but I use Twitter far less than I used to. Yeah, I totally agree, Lopes fan. 
Uh, Twitter came off my phone a few weeks ago. I might hit it a couple of times a day on desktop, but otherwise I'm not. I don't use Twitter very often at all. Yeah, and that's, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I it's don't. It's just really difficult. Like, I, I, I know, I don't mean to be repetitive, but there's just not a great reason to use it. That like, the, like if I didn't do this show, if we didn't, like if we didn't have this, I don't think I'd be on Twitter. Honestly. Probably not. Probably not. Jake Sperling says, Twitter, fun, but absolutely screwed moving forward as a website. He's firing like two-thirds of the workforce because they're over-leveraged on an insane purchase price. Totally agree with that. The closest thing is something like an athletic or a defector where I'm paying for the article and having a message board under articles to discuss is a value add. I would agree with that. Yeah. Ruff's official. Ruff's. Twitter lost that fun when they started banning people based on their political beliefs. Um, <laughs> they didn't ban people based on their political beliefs. Uh, no, that honor goes to the beard, William Glenn says. Okay, I don't know what that's in reference to. Uh, I don't even have a Twitter or an Instagram, Kenai Johnson says. Oh, so you're the one. There you go. Uh, $8 a month for a blue check. LOL, no thanks. Yeah, I'm not doing that. Like, I on. just think Twitter is very negative and there's no, there's no upside to it. Yeah. There is, I mean, quite literally, there is no upside to it. Agreed. I don't understand what, and I, the thing I don't like is that everybody tries to be like a hard ass on Twitter. Like, why? Why? Like, is it that you're anonymous? I, and I, I think really what it is, is I think most people in life aren't going to bow up to somebody on the street, right? Mm -hmm. But they love being Twitter tough guy because there's no repercussion for it. Yeah. So I, I truly believe that's what it is. That's not my thing. I, I am not, I, I, I enjoy a, 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 a few people on Twitter that I, I tweet with regularly. That's about it. Yeah. That's it. I just am never going to be all in on it. Well, and I think you've really learned how to just not care about like, you know, trolls or people saying you're yeah. dumb or like that they hate this or, you know, like just the haters. Yeah. You, cause you have to, you have to tune all that out. Yeah. You absolutely have to tune all that out. Um, a couple more on this, and then I want to get to the iPhone thing. Alex says, nobody is trading the first overall pick. Uh, sign VW on the board. No, you're not trading. If you, if you can get VW, you're going to get him. Uh, Jerem Patterson says, they just need to bring back MySpace. Jake and Monty, you would have been in my top eight easily. Oh, thanks. That's so nice. That's awesome. Uh, Kenai Johnson says, in internet gangsters, I think, is what they're called. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, Caleb says, I use social media to keep up with distant friends and keep up with local events and sports news. I use Twitter for news. That's it. That's the whole nine. I use Insta Instagram's a far more personal thing. I, I like TikTok, but I won't use it based on all the information they're able to glean from your phone. Um, they can use your camera on your phone to see what you're doing without your knowledge, but you gave them permission because you downloaded the app, like all that crazy stuff. Yeah. I'm just not here for that. I am just not here for that. Yeah. So I can't see doing that, but I also can't see um I also can't see Apple not adding USB-C type stuff. Uh-huh. This one to me is fascinating. Will you do you believe that Apple will add the USB-C? So you know, I, the problem is is the rest of the world uses USB-C. I use USB-C every day. Like on my MacBook, I use USB-C every single day. So it's not as though Apple can't add USB-C. It's that they don't want to because that's going to cost them a ton of money 
in their aftermarket sales, like in buying a charger or, you know, whatever, like that's going to cost them a ton of revenue. So yeah, I guess after thinking about their, they're, they're going to find a, a way out of it, I would guess, like, you know, whether it's, you know, magnets or not, not having to use a cable to charge your phone anymore, like whatever, like they'll find a way they always do. So Apple has said they will comply. And if you don't know, the Europeans put in a law that says if you are going to have a corded charging system on a mobile device, and note it's not just phones, it is everything from AirPods, you know, tablets, computers. Yeah. If you're going to have a corded charging system for your mobile device, it must be USB-C. So immediately everybody was like, oh, iPhone's getting the USB-C. Put it down. I'm telling you, they're not getting a USB-C. And they said that they would comply. There was a video floating around the internet this week where they talked about how they would comply. Note they didn't say, yes, we're going to add USB-C to iPhone. They said they would comply. And I think they're going to comply by using the MagSafe charging system. That's right, T. So I don't think there's going to be a lightning port on a phone anymore. I don't think there's going to be a USB-C port on an iPhone anymore. I think it's going to be port free. And I think what you're going to see is they're going to use MagSafe charging to not only charge the phone, but to transfer data at a very high speed through that. That's my guess. Because, and listen, Lightning, I think, has been very good. When it came out, Lightning was amazing and innovative. Yeah. It's not amazing and innovative anymore. USB-C is the fastest, best, biggest daddy on the block, right? So I think we all realize that things are advancing. The other thing you got to realize is I think there's three more generations of iPhones to come before this law takes hold. So Apple has time. I could absolutely see AirPods going to USB-C because you got to plug in in the bottom. But remember, AirPods are also now MagSafe charging. Yeah. So you can put them on your MagSafe charging pad like I do. That's how I charge my AirPods. I don't plug them in. I put them on my MagSafe pad and they charge. How do you charge an Apple Watch? MagSafe. They make everything MagSafe. The only thing I think they would have a real problem with is going to be iPad and MacBook. I think that I think that's going to be interesting, but MacBooks are already USB-C. Yeah. So it's really not that much of a, a change. I think the big thing with the iPhone is if you take off the port, the lightning port or the USB-C port, it gives you more room to do other things. They can make bigger chips. They can make faster phones. They can make better Wi-Fi ability. Yeah. I don't ever see a, an, an, an iPhone, an Apple iPhone having a USB-C port. I think we are much more likely going to a real world scenario where there are no ports on that phone. How many of you use a charging pad to charge your phone? Like, you know, if you're an iPhone or obviously MagSafe, if you're an Android or I, I don't know the proper terminology, but like a charging pad that you can set your phone on. Yeah. That's what I'm curious about. How many people are actually doing that every day? I do it every day. But, I don't know. You know, like how many of you still plug your phone in? I never plug my phone in. Yeah. I, you know, when I plug my phone in, I plug it in in the car for things like and Apple it, CarPlay. And it charges, right? So like that's another interesting conundrum. Like, all right, are, are we going to see the advent of, you know, like in, in the car, you have that like magnetic mount. Are we going to see the advent of those being able to charge your phone that way? How do you do Apple CarPlay if you're not plugged in? Well, they have wireless Apple CarPlay now yeah. in new model years. Yeah, but it's, 
it can be buggy. It's slow. The, like the connection, like here's the question. If your phone is, is out of cell range, right? Like there's just all these things like Bluetooth has to take another step forward in my opinion. hundred percent. It has to. And I think the only way that this works is if MagSafe can become a data transfer. If that is mainstream, where the MagSafe for Apple becomes a data transfer, that's when I think you see this really take off. Yes. Now, you're going to have haters. Right. Like Teddy Wayman. Here we go. Just go with an Android. It's better anyway. Get the no, hell out no, of here. See, no, you know, sir, Teddy, no. Teddy, you start off with olives this morning, and now you're talking about Androids. Like... At least when you order your Papa Murphy's pizza on that garbage phone, use the promo code, please. Okay? <laughs> Thank you. I am not an Android guy. I don't hate Android the way you do. Yeah, I'm not an Android guy at all. Caleb Harrison says, new iPad is USB, USB Type-C already. It happened. Yeah. So that's why I say, like, it's not going to be that long or difficult for them to assimilate this. Yeah. The bigger question is if they, because one of the things that Apple has said as well is they don't want to fill the the environment with junk. Like, mm. and if they if they go to USB C, that's going to eliminate you know lightning cables, and then all those lightning cables are going to wind up in the dump, and they don't want to do that. So that's why they haven't changed away from lightning because they're trying to be economic, and because um. I do think financial plays a role in it. Um, they're trying to be economic and ecosystem friendly, yeah, which is very challenging for electronic companies, to be honest with you. So I don't know. I'm a huge Apple guy. Everything I do is Apple. I mean, I probably have, I easily have six figures in lifetime spending with Apple. Yeah. I mean, easily from MacBooks to phones, like desktops, so, iPads, yeah. watches. Yes, Absolutely. Uh, Jeremy Bolton says, uh, Teddy Wayman, you're speaking my language. Android forever. Okay. I see. Uh, Lopes Van Gabe says, if I wanted to pay more money for features released three generations ago on another platform, I'd switch to Apple. Okay. I, I mean, listen, it, it's I, hurtful. You guys, I mean, just keep, fire and fury. Just keep stabbing me in the back. It's fine. Yeah, that's, that's offensive. It's fine. You want to be that way? It's fine. It is, it is just, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. I mean, I think the reason I like iPhone is because I've always been a fan of the camera, camera, everybody, camera schmamra, but I like the way it feels. I like the way it operates. It's simple. It's easy for me to use. It, it, I like that it integrates across all of my, my devices. It's reliable. It, 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 everything talks to everything, talks to everything. And now with Bluetooth and all that stuff, I, like, I get it. It's easy. It's reliable. It works. I like it. Yes. And watching what Mrs. Monty went through with her devices breaking or not Batteries working. Batteries being dead constantly. You know, like I, I just, I'm an Apple guy. And I don't, I don't, in all seriousness, I don't judge people for not being an Apple guy. Yeah. I mean, I don't have to judge you. It speaks volumes about who, like you, who you are as a character. Guy. Yeah. It's like being you an know. olives guy. It's like being a, it's like putting know. olives on pizza. Yeah. It's which like being you would a blue never, cheese person. I mean, who which does that? you would, would never do. Right. You would never do. Yeah. Obviously. Ever. Yeah. You know, but I, I mean, I, I think the thing you would do is understand that the biggest stories in sports every morning on the show are brought to you by Quick Quack Car Wash. Okay, guys, I'm going to tell you the secret to impressing my neighbors, the Wyatt co-workers, you name it. I just swing by Quick Quack. It seriously takes two minutes and people can't stop, won't stop checking me out. Getting a clean car is definitely my best life hack. Kids are messy, camping's dirty, but my truck sure isn't.
All right. There you go. Quick quack car wash in and out in five minutes. You got to love that. Um, trust me when I say, tell them you heard about it on the Monty show. We, we want to know it. Um, all right. So eat this, not that. Put out a list that we're going to end the show with today. Um, of the best, worst fast food that nobody eats anymore. Uh-huh. The best, worst fast food that nobody eats anymore. And one item that is near and dear to my heart is on this list. And that is the filet of fish. I am a huge fish sandwich guy. You give me a breaded piece of cod. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Give me some, give me some of that. Oh, the sauce you put on fish sandwiches. Tartar sauce. Tartar sauce. Thank you. I want it. Give me some tartar sauce. No cheese. But give me a little bit of lettuce. Oh, come on. You don't like cheese over the panko-crusted fish? Come nah, on. Nah, bro. Come on. Nah, I'm an actual grown-ass man. I don't eat cheese on everything. I know. Um, but I love the filet of fish So, are filet of fish gross? Because I was reading, you know, this, not that. Um, the, and if you don't read Eat This, Not That, you're crazy. And they talk about the filet of fish And I just don't, I don't understand why people hate on it. They say... Uh, Reader's Digest reports that McDonald's employees created the filet of fish to attract customers who didn't eat meat on Fridays. Um, I think that's crazy. I eat meat all the time, but I love me some filet of fish. So are filet of fish gross? I don't think they are. I actually love a filet of fish. I don't think I've ever had a filet of fish. Wow. Like I was willing to overlook your stupidity and your heartbrokenness over this girl, but you just said, I've never seen the Godfather by saying, I don't eat filet of fish and I never have. Sorry. You've never had, have you had like a BK fish at least or anything? Have you ever had a fish sandwich? Not not from fast food. No. Have you had a fish sandwich? Yeah. Wow. But not fast food fish. Wow. Yeah. Cause we went to the crab place. What's it called? Shake. That, uh, no, that no. Lance uh, used to work at. Oh my god! Uh, I can't remember what it's called. Oh, but dude! I'm telling you. Oh my goodness! You got to look, bro. Up what What is this called? But slapfish. I, slapfish. 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 Thank you. I don't understand why people hate on it. The sandwich continues to sell particularly well during Lent, uh, but only because of religious observation. Otherwise, it's not a great seller, and I don't understand it. You know, the other thing that's on here that I think is crazy—that's not selling well enough and maybe going away is the uh, Impossible Whopper at Burger King. The Impossible Whopper Dude, is amazing. They're double, they're, for a fast food burger, their double cheeseburger, my God. Dude, <laughs> I'm about it. I want to know. I want to know. Yeah. Do you like the Impossible Whopper? Yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad. Why are people not ordering Impossible Whoppers? Oh, that's right, because we like carcinogens. That's and red right. Meat. That's right. But the Impossible Whopper is actually good. It, it, so I guess my question this morning is, what's yeah. the odd item you order at fast food places? Do you have something that you order? Like I am a, at Taco Bell, I think everything's normal, right? But I don't know that there's anything odd to order at. Like at In-N-Out, I'm a three by three guy. Yeah. I like the the triple cheeseburger. It's been is what so that is. long since I've been doing it. But in and out's a crack. You can't eat there. You can't do it. You can't. But even we were. It, the thing that I'm figuring out is now that we're back to eating inside of restaurants. Yeah. They don't clean restaurants very well. No, they don't. They don't clean no, fast food restaurants at don't. all. Don't go inside of restaurants. I'm telling you, takeout is the best way to do it, especially if you're going to go fast. But what's your odd item that you order? Because yes, thank you, thank you. 
Uh, D Rowe says, I love me. Uh, I love the fish, the filet of fish. Thank you. Thank you. Brett Burnett says, Burger King app often gives out free Whoppers with no purchase. Okay. Okay. I'm glad it. someone brought this up. Is app game in, in fast food cool? No. Because I'm not an app guy for fast no. food. I just, just, dude, I just want to roll up, get my food, and leave. I don't need an app to do that for and me. And I don't need points in fast food. Yeah. Like, I, th that's what I don't understand. Like, I didn't know that, like, why is the app thing such a such a thing now with fast food places? Because McDonald's was pushing it really hard. Like, obviously, we're getting a comment from Brent about Burger King. Like, what is the... I, so do you just order ahead through the app and then roll up and walk in and get it? Or like, what is the fascination with it, I guess? I, I don't know. I, I really don't know. And I, I, I think it's one of those things that... It's one of those things that they did because everybody was doing it. The the app, I'm never putting the McDonald's app on my phone. Yeah. I'm never putting the Burger King app on my phone. It, it It's not happening. And somebody... Jeremy sent me this story about from Intrafish. And they have so many pop-ups you can't yeah, even dude. read the story. It's so frustrating. Headline, McDonald's warns Alaska um, industry, fish industry of the rise in nematodes in filet of fish raw material. <laughs> okay, guy, now I'm never going to be able to eat another filet of fish. I don't want whatever nematodes or nematodes are in filet of fish. <laughs> Is there anything sacred in this world where I can just be a fat guy who likes to eat filet of fish without having to worry about Nemo toads or <coughs> finding Nemo in my filet of fish? Fat. Good Lord. <laughs> like, get out of yeah, here. It's, uh, we rolled out a special. It's an orange in. Uh, it's an orange filet of fish with white stripes. Uh, we're calling it the Nemo. Yeah. Uh, Barfing Chicken says it's a. It's good for broke people because they give pretty good deals. Speaking from experience, I've saved lots of money on those apps. Yeah. Okay. I can respect that. Brett Burnett says apps are the fastest way to order and get your food. Is that true? It saves you time. I did not know that. I did not know that. Uh, John Mulvanian says not quite the same thing, but Taco S seen in Harold and Kumar is strangely sad. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. The taco, like, the, you, know, you should play the diarrhea sound. Uh, I am never putting, I'm not putting fast food apps on my phone. Nah, dude. I am not doing nah. that. I'm not. Uh, Fat Jesus says, I love me some corn dogs from Sonic. Sonic has a small but mighty fan base. Yes, they do. Are you a Sonic guy? pellet ice I am a big fan of. They have great pellet ice. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's fine. Uh, Caleb Harrison says, you can save a lot of money using those food apps, but I never had the appetite for a filet of fish. They're so good. <laughs> Ruff's official. What's the hater comment this time? Of course, those Apple users don't use apps. I use apps all the time. Yeah. What do you mean, What dude? are you talking about? What do you mean? Man, it is what it is. Uh, Lopes Van Gabe says, it, I used to crush me some Pizza Hut personal pan pizza oh, yeah. Yeah. inside of breadsticks. Haven't had it in years. Talk about grease bombs. Oh, man. Yeah, but personal pan pizzas oh. were so hot, dude. Good Lord, Like, dude. they were everyone's cup of tea. That brings me back to the worst foods I used to eat in the lunchroom in high school. Pizza yeah. puffs dipped in oh ranch dressing. Yeah. Burn your mouth off, but they taste amazing. You remember Scotty's Red Hots in Round Lake yes. Beach? or The Green Building. Oh, yes. man. I love... In good old high school fast food lady with the hairnet, <laughs> she would make the best pizza puffs. Yeah, 
about that? And we we used to have crinkle cut French fries in our lunchroom okay, in high school. Okay, crinkle cuts are regular. In high school, you have to do crinkle cuts. Yeah. You're a child. I'm a crinkle cut guy. As well, because you're a child. Yeah, as an adult, you do regular. That. We've covered that. You do regular as right, an adult. Right. As an adult. An adult. Um, but for my money, man, like you used to, we used to take those crinkle cups, dip them in mayonnaise. Oh, oh my god. Oh come on. Oh, it's so good, dude. Mayonnaise? I don't. I haven't done that in forty years, probably, oh. but. I'm telling you right now, French fries dipped in mayonnaise That's was bomb. But ranch dressing has taken over. Pizza puffs were unbelievable in high school. Yeah. I, I, I oh, man. Yeah. You know, uh, you two are showing your age, Brent Burnett says. Yeah, well, I'm old. I get it. Yeah, okay. Uh, Teddy says, he had Sonic once and it got me sick as hell. Never again. Oh, it's no. Really did it really? That's Teddy ridiculous. also says that's nasty, Monty. You don't yeah, don't dude, knock it till you try. I can't, I can't get down with the mayonnaise Don't knock thing, it till you try. I, I, I can't. I'm sorry. Jeremy Severe says, I remember reading a book, uh, Get a Free Pan Pizza from Pizza Hut. Ooh. Yes. That yeah. was a thing. Tanner Plummer. Hey, hey, oh, hey, guys. Oh, is the homework done now? Is calculus hey, 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 guys, done? Guys, guys, guys. Uh, fries and mayo? Yeah, it ain't bad. I'm telling you. I'm not a ketchup guy. Can we just throw this out there right now? What? I am not a ketchup guy. What? I am not. I don't like ketchup. What do you mean? I I don't hate it. You've been a ketchup guy for a long time. I don't hate it, and I'm not kicking it out of bed, but my first, first, second, and only choice is going to be ranch dressing. Wow. Yeah, well, you eat flats. You put ketchup on chicken wings. No, I do not. No, I do not. Barbecue sauce is one thing. (laughs) I don't put ketchup on wings. Uh... Caleb Harrison has a traditional Sonic order. <laughs> Footlong chili hey cheese coney, fries, and a raspberry Sprite. Oh, hey raspberry hey Sprite is so good. Oh, raspberry Sprite is good. Uh, Tanner says, yes, the homework is done. Thanks for asking, and I love ketchup. <laughs> I'm not, I never eat ma- mustard. Forget it. M- mustard, never. I don't eat condiments. Like my salad dressing, honest to goodness, it's it's ranch or you're never gonna believe it. It's ranch. It's <laughs> right. Or but 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 the underrated salad dressing in the most underrated one is is on the shelf at Harmon's is Olive Garden Italian salad dressing. <laughs> yeah, it's so dude, good, dude. It's so it's good. So good. You you throw me a little romaine dressing or a little romaine salad. Put a little you know Olive Garden on there. Chop up some veggies, tomatoes, Man, carrots, cucumbers. So good, yeah, give me some some of those uh, dill pickles, Bubby's dill pickles yeah, in the jar. You're a big pickle guy. Let's you're go. a big pickle guy. Let's go. Yeah. yeah, you can't. Oh, Brett, it's probably mixed ketchup and Miracle Whip. Isn't that what fry sauce is? Okay. Isn't fry Dude. sauce ketchup and mayonnaise? No. Yes, yes, it is. Yes. I, I think it is. But uh, a lot of people will add spice to it. Wow. Caleb just called me basic. Caleb yeah, dude, just called uh, me basic. basic. Some things don't need to be fixed, right? Like, uh, am I a basic bitch? Fixed. Yes, on some level. Am but I not, really? You, like, you're not basic with your shoe game. Shoe game's wow. fire. Wow. I'm happy to be basic. I love ranch, He dude. just called me basic. <laughs> Are you serious? You just called me basic. <laughs> Caleb, I think you need to go back to the to the name Deuce now. Wow. <laughs> Eric C. says, whoop, whoop. Mayor Tanner in the chat. He's not the mayor. That's Jeremy Bolton is the mayor of Montytown. Uh, Simon 2077. Hey Jake, remember when you said the Okie State K State game wasn't important in a 48, nothing blowout in Manhattan, the ratings on FS1 were 3.38 million. I think you did say that. And I would say you should back that up. Yeah. That I is, said you were it. correct. Uh, Caleb says, Hey, I like ranch. Blue che- is greater than blue cheese all day. That's damn yeah, right. But I can't, I, does liking ranch on everything, including steak, make you basic? He called me basic. Yeah. He called you basic, dude. 
Man, Caleb, that cuts, bro. Get the fuck out! <laughs> okay, so let's settle this right now. Let's settle this right now. Are we doing lotto tickets tomorrow? Let's settle this right now. Because I don't know. And maybe, do you, you guys want to show wait, 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 up? Wait, wait, well, what we need to do, what we need to do is probably get Mrs. Oh, we're gonna on get the, the lot. We're gonna get the lotto app out. Are you phoning a friend right now? Legit, are you? He's phoning a friend right now. I am FaceTiming. Okay, you got to put it on speaker. Mrs. Monty, will she answer? It is okay, on here speaker. We go. Okay, now now you need the people to hear. You need the people to hear it. Hello. 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 You're on the show, by the way. Say hi to everybody. <laughs> How are you? Are, you're sick this morning. How are you feeling? Um, I, uh, I, I'm kind of snotty. Wow, you sound like shit, actually. <laughs> um, are we doing lotto tickets tomorrow? Nobody won the lotto grand prize. It's $1.5 billion. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, are we doing it? Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's up to you. I can't drive up there today. I have a full day of work. Yeah, quit your job then. No, I'll, we'll go and get the lotto tickets, but you have to come and be the Andy Frame tomorrow. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, let's see. <laughs> she's going to see she's, if she can pencil. She's in. trying to see if she can fit this. She used to come on the show all the time, but now she's big time. Yeah. You know, yeah. she can't do it. Do it until, yeah, I can do it tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> yeah, she can do it. <laughs> I'd love to get up. At <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'd love to get up. <laughs> We are. Okay, so you're not you're you're still sick though. You're not feeling great. I feel um Do you feel better? I don't feel as bad. Yesterday was really terrible with like body aches and chills. That's what sucked yesterday. Well, and all that green stuff you threw up out of your face last night when I was trying to sleep was not wow. enjoyable. Wow. She did. She had wow, like a hacking that was graphic. Fit. It's still it's still there. So Great, let's make out. That's great. That's how this started. It was started. the virus that killed it. That is. Okay. Love you. Talk to you in a while. Bye. Bye. No, she didn't wow. she didn't say I love you too. Wow. Okay. Wow. All right, All we're right. doing that lotto was... tickets tomorrow. What are the people saying? We'll give it whoa, sorry. Oh. We'll whoa. give away more lotto tickets tomorrow. Uh Kurt says, uh Lotto, yes, God forgive us. God forgives. Okay. What really do she we needs, have to lose? She needs to keep those two in line. She does. I agree. Uh D Rowe says Mrs. Monty is the best. Yeah. They are crazy. Uh, Kurt Meyer says, Lori, I vote yes. God forgives. Is, is it a sin to play the lotto? Did I, did I miss this somewhere? I don't, I, I don't know. Uh, Jaron Eccles says, did nobody win last night? I know I didn't. No, nobody <laughs> won last night. Nobody won last night. It's $1.5 billion. Yeah, dude. One, just, just I said $1.5 billion. Just saying. Uh, Court McMullen says lotto tickets. All right. Fat Jesus says crinkle cuts are at a bowling alley. Exactly. Hell yeah. Case in point. All right, cool. Well, then we got to end the show because we have to go get lotto tickets. Love you guys. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much to the advocates, utahadvocates.com. Uh, thank you to our good friends at Barbecue Pit Stop. Make sure you check them out online or any of their five stores. BBQPitStop.com. Our good friends at uh, Papa Murphy's Pizza. Use the promo code MONTY25. Always appreciate them. And of course, we would not be here without all the awesome people at Tri-Day Trading. 
TridayTrading.com slash Monty. Quick quack car wash. Tell them all you heard about it on the Monty Show. Until tomorrow, say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.